0: Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat.
1: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one. Time
2: going he did. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of his Overtime and Road of his Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. If you haven't listened into the series yet, welcome, welcome in, my friends. We are ready for the Roadoviz Overtime FFPC main event drafting experience. We have done this as a five-part show over the last five six days you might have heard them already this is the whole thing in one go we recorded it as a whole show I split it up I edited it I put in those little intros and rows for each show. Really enjoyed that process, but we're going to do it here. If you want to go back and listen to the entirety and um, see what you would do and change and you know, now having the experience of listening back to those other shows, we're going to do that all here for you today. So it's going to be a long one. I'm not going to talk too much at the start. I will remind you of the 10% discount you can get at RotoWays.com. and that's simply with the 2020 rv radio get access to all those content and tools it's really as simple as that so i'm not going to talk any further i'm going to dive straight into it it's ben gretch sean siegel and it's myself let's start drafting
3: we're thinking camara at three we're all, you're all, i mean i'm not trying to strong arm anyone here but is that what we're thinking kind of
2: i'm pretty i'm pretty set on it for me it's between him and cook and I think obviously for the listeners we talked about this a little bit before. I think what we talked about before in Kamara and that offense for the Saints Mm -hmm. thinks good. I know Sean thinks Cooks in for possibly an all-time season, so it's a a difficult call there. But um, I think so. What if Kamara
3: goes two, and we then we have to talk about Saquon versus Cook?
2: I think where would you fall
3: on fall on that, Sean?
0: I was talking a little bit with Blair yesterday, and I do think that. There are a lot of scenarios in which Cook outscores Barkley, including some where he outscores him by a, a pretty wide margin. At the same time, in, in terms of with these early picks and the upside that Barkley has, the receiving ability that he has, and just trying to manage portfolios a little bit, even though we all talked about the fact that we don't want to fail to reach, if a guy's not going to come back around and all three of us have him ahead of the other guys. We don't want ADP to push us off of our targets, but, but I have so much cook. I would prefer to have Barkley. If <laughs> yeah. the number two person um, here does go Camaro, which I don't think that we see that often, but it's, it's a justifiable selection. And certainly <laughs> if you're sitting there at number two and you're looking saints versus giants, that's something that the person in that number two slot would have to really consider.
2: Yeah, that yeah, is I mean, interesting. I... Obviously, the sound you heard in the background there is the the draft starting. But Chris <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is on the clock here. I guess at the one hundred and one, it's unlikely to to change from that. But it is an interesting pick at that. You know, Saquon is the you know consensus second pick. But I'm sure like there's a lot of people probably would be looking in different directions at that point too.
1: You are up next
3: the guy that i think is going to have this monster season is Kamara, and and we were just talking about it would be an interesting decision at two i actually have cool. Kamara projected higher than saquon but saquon just went to but i i just That's love right. the high value touches in that offense i've always been a big receptions and, and touchdowns guy and Kamara has that profile so i'm a big fan of his
2: yeah so obviously we have Kamara. um i think sean it's um the way to go here um it's kind of the decision that's been made for us. But unless you have a last-minute pitch for Cook, we have 39 seconds left to go.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. So the pick is in. Alva Kamara's is uh, up. So we'll see how the, the round progresses. But we had talked before we started recording. Um, we're kind of thinking maybe a, a tight end and a wide receiver over the, the second and third pick. So there's quite a bit to go before it gets back here. So ideally, guys, uh, let Ben go first. I suppose who who ideally would we be landing um, as we move forward here?
3: Yeah, I think in the late second or early third, you know, being at the third slot, I, I like Andrews over Ertz enough that I, I'm comfortable taking Andrews in the second. Um, Sean pointed out before we we started recording that there's a pretty strong likelihood both will be there. So I'm OK with that. At receiver, um, we were also discussing a little bit DJ Moore um, vis-a-vis Chris Godwin. And Sean made a pretty good argument for Chris Godwin. And I think Godwin is a pretty strong target there um, and, and somebody that I certainly look at. Uh, I have both of Moore and Godwin ahead of DeAndre Hopkins, who I know is someone that Sean Sean likes from a draft we did earlier this week. But yeah, I mean, Hopkins is phenomenal, but I'm just not as excited about him with his uh, team change. And, you know, I can't really make a great case why I'm not excited about him, but just the, uh, probably because I had too much Odo Beckham last year, <laughs> I was thinking individual talent for <laughs> Trump would Trump team change? And and I believed a lot in Baker, and there's a lot of similarities there. But Kyler's going to be great this year. This Arizona offense is going to add plays. They're going to be great this year. So I could very well see being wrong on Hopkins.
2: Yeah, I think as well. He's one of those players. I think if if he hadn't been traded, I think he's probably going at the back end of the first round or the start of the second round. And um, That's where I think the value is. The change of teams, is a concern, but that's the only reason I can figure out for why he's going at the back end of the... Did- Lamar Jackson, just go in the first round. Lamar Jackson just went at the 109. <laughs> so uh, just to go through the draft so far, we have Elliot went at the fourth, Cook at the fifth, Edward Hilaire at the sixth, Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, and Lamar Jackson. Now Derek Henry's gone at the 110. So somebody here is uh, looking for, you know, love, loves their quarterback play. <laughs> um, could have got him in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably gonna got go get your guys. Go get your guys. Everyone start drafting quarterback, but uh Miles Sanders at the one eleven. So I, I a lot think, of running backs,
3: uh, only one receiver so far, and the quarterback pick, it might push down um some of these receivers. I mean, we're probably gonna see Kittle go before we go again, but there's a mm. I don't know.
2: I'm not even gonna we entertain the hope the hope of no. Kittle getting back. <laughs> I'm yeah. not even gonna not even gonna put my heart into that situation.
0: <laughs> Take us through a little bit. This dynamic in terms of how you see target share breaking down in these three offenses we talked about. Uh, Kyler Murray has said that the Cardinals receivers are going to have three 1,000-yard receivers. Obviously, that would be Hopkins, uh, Christian Kirk, who is someone that all three of us like, and then Larry Fitzgerald, if he had a 1,000-yard season at his ADP, obviously would really help owners there. Versus the Buccaneers, and you mentioned Gronkowski as a potential threat to Godwin. We have Godwin, Evans, Gronkowski – And then uh, a player we all love, I think that one of the concerns I have for DJ Moore is that since I have a lot of him, I've been on him from the beginning. That's worked out very well. You know, do I want to let the fact that I like him and have been right in the past influence me to move him too high this season? But then we have DJ Moore and then a couple of guys who were interesting, although controversial, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey clearly factoring in there. How are we going to see those target splits break down in those three teams where there actually are some interesting targets beyond the number one guy?
3: Yeah, Arizona's, the way I see it, Arizona's definitely going to add play volume and pass attempts. They were fourth in situation neutral pace last year. They were 21st in play volume. I think they're going to be a lot better this year uh, and and able to hang on to the ball more and run more plays, and and they want to play fast, but Murray's still a mobile quarterback who's going to scramble maybe a hundred times or close to it. And so they're not going to be a 600 plus pass attempt team. Probably I have them projected for 570. Um, And with a kind of a more spread look, I think their, their uh, target shares could be spread a little bit more and Hopkins, you know, his average depth of target dropped a little last year. He's never really been like a super high efficiency player. He's been a little bit more volume dependent. I think he's obviously incredible. And I agree with your take that he's the best receiver in the NFL at this point, uh, uh, you know, Julio would be the one that would pop into my head as the, the strong comparison. Obviously, Michael Thomas, too, you have to give credit to. But those are the guys. And, and Hopkins is that good. But if, if there's a little bit more of a spread, if there's a little bit more of moving the ball around and all three of the receivers are involved, I don't know if Hopkins is a 150 target guy. And then it's a question of, well, is his average depth of target going to be high enough? Is he going to get enough air yards? Is he going to be this big volume guy? He should be a pretty good touchdown guy. But he kind of comes out a little lower in my projections because of that. And I do have, you know, Kirk having a big year and and Fitzgerald seeing just under 100 targets, but still being very involved. Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. I noted, yeah, like Gronkowski for me, his average depth of target influences or overlaps more with Godwin's. I still have Evans and Godwin really close in targets, but I think people, the drafters, the gap there just, it's hard for me to understand because Godwin, when you look at his depth and you adjust his depth for his efficiency and you look at things like his 11- uh, yards per target last year at the depth he got it at it's when you depth adjust it it's basically it's right up, up next to AJ Brown's efficiency I mean Brown is the guy that everyone talks about is, has to regress but his average up the target was a lot higher so you would expect a higher yards per target are we getting close to getting up on the clock here uh,
2: yeah it looks like uh, just the way the picks are going yeah. at the minute we're we're two we're one pick away we have Chris Godwin and DeAndre Hopkins available to us we have Zach Ertz and Mark Andrews available to us Chris godwin just got godwin just went at the 209 so i don't know if that makes a decision for us um kind of the players that i'd be looking at here sean would be probably hopkins or one of the the tight ends um aaron jones is still there i know he's somebody you had thought about previously um what are you thinking about going here sean
0: well i think if we wanted to do the running back running back start and then hammer wide receivers for a long long time then jones would be the thing here i know that ben doesn't want to go that route I think that the interesting question we're going to have to answer is, you know, would we actually want to to pass on one of the tight ends here? If in fact, uh, Andrews is my favorite pick. Here. We got twenty gonna seconds. Put,
2: gonna put you on the spot. Who's going, Sean? You take the pick.
0: Okay. Well, let's let's do Andrews, and uh, then we know we have him. We can or almost certainly going to be able to get DJ more coming back around.
3: I don't. I mean, is that. It's hard to pass up Hopkins, but
2: <laughs> I, I would have, I would have leaned, I would have definitely leaned Hopkins and hoped to get one of the two tight ends on the way back. Sean, I think you would have leaned Hopkins too, probably there, huh?
3: Yeah. I think that
0: would have been a, a chance to have a pretty high upside start, but you know, there's a possibility he'll, he'll wrap through these next couple of picks. Yeah. And
3: My soliloquy kind of cut our time short and those two picks went, <laughs> went in right away. Well, the, the second round people were were on, on the ball. They were they were
0: so we do have jones as the next couple of picks we're two picks away from hopkins coming back to us if he doesn't is dj more than the guy that we're pretty locked into he i mean
3: for me pretty clearly so i'd be open to certainly reconsidering but that would be my next best (laughs) unless you want to go two tight ends. i mean that's really all i can see here on my board that i would consider here
2: i i think the pick here would be depending on how it shakes out would be between hopkins if he's there or dj more if he's not and Hopkins is still there with one pick to go, so um, I, I would be Kenny Galladay's actually gone there, which is another quite surprising pick. Not somebody I'd be taking at that point. Um, but w- what's the thoughts here, guys? Are, are they clearly the two? I think for me, they're clearly the next two options. I, I think I would, I, I'm,
3: I they're, they're clearly for me too, but I, I just wanted to say because I've made an impassioned defensive more here that I'm very comfortable going Hopkins here.
2: Oh, Hopkins is there you gone. Go. <laughs> Hopkins is gone so we're kind of into the range of Cooper who I think um we're all kind of off at this point at this point of the draft we have Evans we have Ertz we've you're into the running backs and Gurley Taylor Fournette uh, Sutton then DJ Moore and AJ Brown and I, I think for me the pick here is DJ Moore unless you've different thoughts Sean
0: no he has that opportunity this season to take it to the next level to score more touchdowns they talk about him really emerging as their superstar with what we've seen with him the first two seasons at that age this could really be the year that he elevates into being even a first round redraft pick next season so i think we should do it here
2: i was hoping that it would just land for us uh, with hopkins after it after passing him in that second round but um gr- and great and I'm sorry. There for hopkins.
3: these guys both went running back running back i'm not guessing andrews would have went to your guys's point earlier we probably could have went hopkins then andrews
2: but it's one of those I, sort of things you know at the, at the, i know me and sean both like hopkins this season but you know if you say dj Moore outscores hopkins at the end of the year um there's still, there is the possibility of that so i'm still happy with the the andrews Moore start before we started drafting i probably would have went uh hopkins andrews but still a very strong start
3: for me I am thinking more about like what, what would have been better for our team for the three of us, probably Hopkins Andrews. For me, I prefer this. I have more ranked higher and and I was answering that question um, kind of longly, but I also have a pretty decent gap between Andrews and Ertz. And so if Andrews would have went, we would have wound it up with a Hopkins Ertz, which would have been a a significant downgrade, not a significant downgrade, but a downgrade at both of those spots in, in my own rankings um, I guess hopefully I'm right, <laughs> but yeah, when, when I was answering that, that question, the Godwin and Moore thing, Moore played six snaps in week 16 and then left and missed week 17, uh, through 14 games, he and Godwin and Godwin played 14 games. They had caught the same number of passes. Godwin had about 150 more yards. He had substantially more touchdowns, uh, and he did it on fewer targets, but I think Godwin's catch rate and his yards per target and his touchdown rate, are all pretty inc- extreme and might be difficult to match. I think his target should go up this year, but Moore was already on pace for this really high target uh, season. In a, what it ultimately was a pretty comparable season, but his efficiency it wasn't bad. It was just just a little bit above average. But again, he was playing with Kyle Allen. He was doing it in his second year as a twenty-two year old. Godwin was in his third season. Um, so I I think when you kind of look at the, their seasons last year holistically, the the big differences, you know efficiency but you also have to give more in my opinion a little bit more from a, from a big picture standpoint a little bit of a nod in, in the sense that he was younger and doing it with a worse quarterback and a worse offensive situation uh, and I've said that I think Evans and Godwin should be a little closer because I think that they'll see similar targets and Evans will get the air yards I think Evans will have a more valuable target profile this year now Godwin probably should project to be more efficient but it wouldn't be that surprising if Godwin Evans had the bigger season and then, and then Gronkowski was enough of a red zone threat that Godwin's touchdowns came down. And to me, if Godwin was something like a fourth round value, it wouldn't really surprise me much. I I still love Godwin and I would have probably wanted to get him over any of these other options in the second round for us. But yeah, I think that's an interesting debate between those two.
2: Yeah, so we have two teams here coming up uh, towards the back of the round. Uh, just one, there was a double running back start. It's gone with Alan Robinson. There's another double running back in pick 12. Um, when we're looking then at coming back now, I think, um, depending on how things fall, obviously, but probably looking at the next uh, two picks coming up here being wide receiver, on le- because obviously running backs have gone at a clip that we probably would have expected so far and David Johnson's gone off the board in the back of the third round. Um, so <laughs> what? Uh, what's your thoughts here, Sean? Is that pretty much the way we're going to look for the next three, four rounds is to to hit those wide receivers where possible?
0: I think so. That would be structurally the, the most dominant approach here. It would give us the most flexibility. It would give us the most team upside. Looking at who might come back, we do want to have the discussion of if there are any players we might you know, deviate from that for. All of us have Jonathan Taylor labeled as a target at wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, AJ Brown, and then dipping into some guys who I think for our team personally would be fourth round options, especially late in the fourth round, uh, even though they're going a little bit later, you have Terry McLaurin, you have DJ Chark, guys that all of us like. What do we see and what are the different scenarios as we're about Round away here, and you know, definitely want to be prepared for what might happen when we get to the 410.
2: What's interesting I think here I know Sean you mentioned a couple of our favorite targets you know AJ Brown and Calvin Ridley both of them have actually just gone off the board at the back end of that first or third round so going a little bit earlier than we may have expected which is going to push some guys down we're having a bit of a a wide receiver run here through most of round three and two wide receivers to start round four so we may actually get into a situation where somebody like Jonathan Taylor does fall that way back I still wouldn't be expecting it to happen there's seven picks left to go but you know, we're starting to see a run of wide receivers. It'll be interesting to see what happens over these next two to three picks. But if someone think, like that does last, is that where we're looking?
3: I, I, I love Taylor. I think Sean made a strong point that the Carolina offense, if Curtis Samuel is being used more around the line of scrimmage, is more of a move player, more in the backfield like they're talking about. If Robbie Anderson is a hit, um, if Ian Thomas does anything, and you have Christian McCaffrey – that. Sean made a good point that in some respects, DJ Moore feels like a high, high floor player. And then in other respects, there's some, you know, probably a a more of a floor than or a lower floor than maybe I want to admit. And I just made that case for Godwin, but it's probably true for more. And and if that's our one receiver through three rounds, it makes me less willing or or likely or, or want to go with the Taylor pick. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Sean? Well, you and I had this
0: discussion with the ship chasing guys after we were off the air their night asking me where I would take Taylor. And getting to be in this range is, is one of those spots where we've talked about how he's one of those guys. If we're especially looking, I think, to winning the whole thing, and we wanted to have Alvin Kamara and someone else who could put up, say, a hundred-point stretch in the fantasy playoffs, then you know that might be the guy. And so if we like enough of the receivers going after that and we're willing to not deviate, to not go for some of our other running back targets later, then I think Taylor becomes an interesting option here. It depends a little bit on if our wide receivers fall to us and what we're kind of thinking in terms of moving those round five guys into round four, and then perhaps even say those round six guys or late round five guys into our early
3: round five pick. Which is some some of the receivers you were referencing, like a like a Will Fuller or something?
0: Yeah. So if we uh, if we're completely confident that you know Sutton is going to be someone who probably is there early in the fifth, uh, if we're comfortable with you know Diggs. McLaurin, uh, Chark, McCormen. those yeah. guys, then I think going with the back to back wide receivers, any of those things work. If we like those guys, uh, that's another potential reason that we might be able to go. Taylor here because we're definitely confident with our round five pick, and then uh, certainly now that we've passed on on Hopkins, I think Kirk is someone all three of us want. Rounds later, but as we're looking to you what the cascade past. would be, you know, those are some of the scenarios we we kind of have in mind going forward. And for the for the listeners, we've looked at this both sort of backward and forward in terms of who's going to be available later and, and what those targets are and how that. Dang,
2: Taylor went the other one that's the latest I, I i didn't think he would get to that point it's uh i was hoping we we're, so we're get on
3: we're on deck i i have like i have locket digs mclaurin shark sutton as my next five i'm not yeah, as I'm, high on metcalf as you guys you guys have metcalf over Lockett as a target correct yeah that might be one we want to break down a little bit or would do you prefer to just go like mclaurin here I think I probably would prefer to go with someone
0: that all three of us are on and could end up having just this monster, monster share. But one of the things you're always looking at now, from
1: on the, clock.
0: the Seahawks offense is the Seahawks receivers is the fact that they do have to have those big efficiency numbers. Metcalf for me is more the guy who could explode and really be a superstar, which they haven't had. What they've had is guys who, are very good players and fit with russell wilson and then get those very gaudy efficiency stats if the offense actually does get more pass heavy and a little more fast-paced and metcalf takes the next step then he could be a league winner here but we have some guys who maybe don't have as many questions from a target perspective although they do have questions from a quarterback perspective
2: so if 30 seconds to go there's three players i have in my mind here metcalf charker mclaurin we're all aligned on chark and mclaurin uh I'll i'm good with both call, of
3: those then. two for sure. I would have a little bit of a counter on Metcalf personally.
2: Just Chark or McLaurin, Sean?
3: Let's go with Chark here.
2: I think that's the right pick too. I think And that, um, we
3: get the nice DJ Moore, DJ Chark, the DJ, we got
0: <laughs> <DJs>. <laughs> we, all,
2: There's all a lot of symmetry. Out. Yeah, all planned out from the start. I think my hope now would be that either uh, McLaurin or uh, Metcalf make it back to us. Sean, is that your hope here at this point?
0: It is. However, I think that the best player of this whole group is Cortland Sutton. We have the concerns about the quarterback play that we discussed on on ship chasing. We have the concerns with these new targets added in. I think those new targets actually make it more difficult for defenses to key on Sutton. Uh, You can kind of look at it either way in terms of the Hamler. Injury probably won't keep him out too much of the season. Might diminish his early season impact if he was going to be a guy who comes out and just instantly is Deshaun Jackson. The reports at a training camp are that the Broncos can't cover him. How much does that factor into to the concerns that people may have had about either the quarterback play or how this offense is going to run?
3: I love Sutton. I have some concerns about the Broncos offense, like you said, and, and, they, and I mentioned it on our, our ship chasing the other night where if Locke isn't it, they didn't really address the backup QB spot, but then you said, well, then maybe we'll be picking up Jeff Driscoll and starting him. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can get those little surprising stacks like your Josh McCown and, uh, and Alshon Jeffrey season. But Sutton is was just phenomenal and has been phenomenal, I think, at all stages of his career so far. And, I, yeah, I'm very much on board with him as their number one. I don't think Judy has much of a chance to, to surpass him in 2020. So, yeah, I'm all, all – I'd be wheels up on that. I have McLaurin ranked ahead of him. I have Diggs ranked ahead of him. Uh, but you might be thinking Diggs is a, a maybe a, an option in the sixth. Would we get a chance at him there?
0: He comes back so often because there, there are some legitimate concerns there. He's not a trendy guy. You both have all, all three of – I'm the only one who has Sutton as a key important target on our board. You, you guys both have McLaurin. Uh, Colin, we've talked – pretty extensively on the show about him and i know that he's one of your guys as lockett goes off the board there at the 501 i'm kind of feeling that, that would be your preference is he who we should go with here uh,
2: to be honest uh Sutton somebody who especially last season i was all aboard the whole way through the season and to be honest i kind of started to tail off because the hype was getting so high at the start of this offseason. And I actually expected his ADP to be higher than it is now. So based on that current ADP, he's one that um I definitely yeah. would yeah. let be be persuaded to talk into. Um we're looking at it. We have the option now off Metcalf or Sutton as we are on the board. McLaurin has gone. I, I'm 50-50 on this. I can go either way. I'm happy to go with either option. I think Sutton, um, as Ben said, is the clear number one in this offense. That's not disputed at all. There's still a situation where lockett could be the lead guy ahead of metcalf as much as i love metcalf so based on who we have available those two guys i'm happy to to go with sutton um ben are you yeah are you ready yeah to go, for me it sutton? would
3: be uh, i would be with McLaurin off the board i would be pretty clearly sutton here
2: let's go is that
3: good uh, it sounds like that's good with you right sean definitely so let's i let's like this happen. receiving core this is a uh, explosive young receiving core
2: uh, it, was, I, I, it was hard now i'll be honest it was hard we we had two shots at metcalf we uh <laughs> me and sean uh raved about him on last week's uh, podcast and we we passed over okay. him and, and i haven't even given you any thing.
3: reason why so let me let me give you my my elevator pitch really quick i want to see if i can persuade you at all of a reason to be a little bit less optimistic about metcalf so obviously a rookie receiver who's very efficient we'd expect that volume to rise right but he wasn't as good as Lockett last year. Lockett has a multi-year connection with Russell Wilson that we all know exists. But one thing that I think is really interesting uh, when we think about things like why this efficiency in rookie years is predictive of the next year, typically the, the, the logic behind it. And I try to think about the logic behind stats and trends like this, the logic behind it would be that these players are good, right? Like they're good players and they need to be used more. Metcalf I think is very good, but I do also think it's very interesting, um, Over at Player Profiler, they grade the value of targets. He had like the 13th highest graded targets. And then if you look at just catchable targets, his true catch rate was outside the top 100. Now, I'm not a guy who says drops matter or anything like that. But that that stat jives with what I felt like I saw on the field last year, which was that Russell Wilson played incredible. And DK Metcalf basically already got elite Russell Wilson play last season, which helped his efficiency last year. Now, for him to take a huge step forward, I don't want to double count the Russell Wilson effect. I want to say, like, I don't want, like, I think what I've heard a lot from Metcalf, and maybe this isn't from you, you guys, in your opinion on him, but a lot of people are like, he's tied to such a good quarterback, he could be amazing. I agree that he could be, but I think he's going to have to play a lot better. I don't think he was necessarily um, that great, so I'm almost like nitpicking and splitting up his efficiency and saying his high efficiency was because of Wilson, which we've seen Wilson carry the efficiency of so many of his targets throughout his career. But does Metcalf really have top 10 elite ability? And I go back to his prospect profile, and I, you know, there were some question marks there. He's obviously physically amazing, but he wasn't a Julio Jones-type producer in college. He's just a Julio Jones-type athlete. So I'm a little bit more wary of thinking that he's going to have this monster second-year jump because I don't know that Russell Wilson can do much more. It, it, it will have to be him playing significantly better, in my opinion.
2: From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it true each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Westland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the US and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. You can use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, Body Balm for target relief, and Sleep Tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. From now, through Labor Day, which is Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering all of our listeners a great offer. It's buy one, get one free on all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to therragon.com slash bluewire. And as I mentioned, this is a fantastic offer. It is not something that Theragon is likely to do again. It's buy one, get one free, therragon.com slash blueire. With every day that passes, the NFL is getting closer and we're getting ready for Sunday. And Sunday means one thing. That's right, NFL Sunday ticket. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams or favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv. Once again, promo code BLUEWIRE. Today's show is also brought to you by Fandraft. Take your league to the next level with Fandraft, the online fantasy draft board. FanDraft helps make your league feel like an actual NFL draft with features such as a live streaming ticker, live draft clock, custom logos, walk up songs, multiple draft board displays and more. It can be used offline or in person for your draft simply by exporting the display via projector or onto a large screen TV for your whole league to enjoy. It can also be done fully online so you're covered from all angles and you can also set it up for traditional or auction style drafts. FanDraft covers pretty much all customizations to suit your league league's requirements if you're signing up today you can get yourself a free trial at fandraft.com but if you want to jump aboard and get the pro account you can also get yourself a 15% discount with the code rotoviz15 that there is at fandraft.com once again the promo code rotoviz15 to save 15%
1: bring your league to that next level at Rotoviz, we love titles, we love hardware, we love championships, we love winning, and we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we wanna win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania, $1 million best ball tournament. It's $200,000 first to place, it's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you gotta go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device and you're going to make a deposit you're going to use code rotoviz when you make that deposit then you're going to go refer five friends and underdog and rotoviz will give you a free entry into the best ball mania tournament so it's it's kind of like a two for one you sign up you put in 25 bucks you enter the best ball mania tournament you get five buddies to play you use code rotoviz you get a free entry no brainer guys let's chase that glory 200 grand if 25 dollars is too pricey for you They've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty grand. in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code Rotoviz and chase that glory. My uh, my concern
2: with the Seahawks, it's always the same with the Seahawks. Is like they're probably just going to do the same as they did last year in terms of, you know, play calling options. Uh, like I think Wilson has the potential to be the best quarterback in the league in terms of fantasy from a rushing and passing perspective, and he has the players and uh, Metcalf and Lockett to be able to you know do those kind of things so that he wants to do. But the problem is going to be how much they split that up. It's going to be heavily involved in the run game again, based off play action and we'll see how it shakes out but that's my big concern i think that unless they allow wilson to throw the ball more that we're going to see a cap on metcalf and i think the thing is that if if all things fell right he has the potential like we talked about on the podcast to have a monster, monster season but that was my one thing when we were on the clock there i was trying to see could i put trust in the the seahawks offense to produce you know two top 24 wide receivers and it's probably not going to happen and it could go either way for them that's why when we were talking about Sutton I think he's clearly the guy who's going to get the the bigger share of targets in that offense so that's what made me comfortable making that we're looking here at the picks that have gone on since our pick DeAndre Swift went next then uh, DK Metcalf then Cam Akers then Ronald Jones David Montgomery and then James White so I don't know about you guys I'm hoping to see before it comes back to us again a couple of quarterbacks come off the board to push some players down towards us but we've seen a running back run there there's a couple of guys in there Sean that I know uh that we may have been interested in I, I definitely don't think it's this high in the draft but uh, I know David Montgomery was someone we were trying to avoid I think it's a you know it's a very early spot for James White so I'm pretty happy with those picks that have gone on since our last pick are you, are you pretty happy Sean Darn Waller the next player off the board
0: Yeah, this is a good stretch for us. The running backs going here are not going to hurt us. They'll push down that wide receiver firepower to where even with Alvin Kamara, we're going to end up with a zero running back type of team. And so you're basically looking at zero running back plus a superstar uh, because having some of these very compromised or simply not the right profile running backs coming off. The interesting question we'll now have to look at when we come back in round six, you know, which wide receivers do we want? If there is a running back who falls, would we consider, I think JK Dobbins is the guy where we would have to decide, is there any point either in the sixth round or he's even fallen into the seventh round where we would look at him? Doesn't necessarily have the receptions that we want, but could be one of those guys a little bit like Nick Chubb a few years ago, where even without the receptions, he just has such a, a monster explosive running value i mean you could be looking at jk dobbins as being basically derrick henry plus uh within a couple of months and then you're you've got a sixth or seventh round guy versus someone who's going in the middle of the first round
2: Three we've seen uh, we, we've seen we've seen pick 12 go double tight end with evan ingram and, and hunter henry so they were two players that we weren't targeting either so another good two picks for us there um not but in in the fifth. <laughs> yeah but Fuller, again it's going a lot, a lot higher. There. Yeah.
0: So Fuller is now gone. We don't have the option of him. It's pretty likely a a virtual lock that Marquise Brown will go. So we're going to be potentially looking at players like Stephon Diggs, uh, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, and then
2: Dobbins has just gone.
0: (laughs) I was all in on that Dobbins Stop
2: stop, stop talking about players we like. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And and at this point, the way the Sears is getting pushed down, it's, man, you wish that Taylor would have got there. And I was all in on Dobbins as a similar profile uh, of getting one of these just explosive rookies with upside bummer that we couldn't get either the, of them the
2: only, the, the only running back that i would have any interest at this point i think off the draft and i i think i would be passing on for the wide receivers at this point is singletary i'm, I'm quite happy to move past that and if, if that's the case that leaves me kind of looking purely at uh wide receiver at this next pick
3: i'd consider singletary as well but to sean's point we've seen one receiver in the last nine picks and it really is pushing us towards that zero you know zero running back build where we could potentially get two more firepower receivers here we'll see what happens you know in these next several picks and Singletary might also go Um, but I don't want to get caught chasing too many running backs having gone early when there's you know
2: Uh, I'm I'm happy I know you mentioned there it might push us towards a more zero RB approach I don't I don't think it's something that either three of us need to be really pushed too hard yeah 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 of course (laughs) Sean, what do so, you think, uh,
3: Singletary, or or would you like to try to get like um, you know you all those receivers you mentioned? No,
2: are, single, like, Singletary's stuff. just gone, so that'll make that, that easier. <laughs> so is Kyler Murray an, an option?
3: Because I know Sean, it is for Sean.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if we don't like the guys we're getting here, I think if Stefan Diggs is in this spot, then it's a pretty clear choice. I think if Marquise Brown uh, lasts a few more picks, it's a pretty clear choice. Where it gets a little bit complicated is if those guys are gone, do we have two receivers we like? Tyler Boyd, someone I think has uh, essentially the same profile as these Rams wide receivers who go much earlier. The rest of the receivers already uh, in Cincinnati are having you know, one problem or another. Tyler Boyd is set up for a monster year. Uh, Jarvis Landry, even if he's not 100% at the very beginning, as long as he doesn't make that worse, then we're looking at a guy who there's they have a very different type of receiving profile, but in terms of the production we're going to get, you're actually talking about someone who has a lot of similarities just in terms of points to Odell Beckham, who goes much earlier. So if we wanted to get two of those guys, even if it's a little bit early, then I think we avoid wide receiver. If people are off of those receivers for any reason, I think Murray starts to get into the conversation, probably not here in the sixth, but if it wraps around into the seventh and those guys are still there, after those two early quarterbacks, the rest of the quarterbacks are not going, and so that's causing a little bit of an issue with value, but then it's also opening up the possibility that we might want to take one. The other well, thing, though, is yeah. if the quarterback's falling this much, it's not impossible they could come back to us even at the next turnaround.
3: Yeah. Diggs, Gallup, Boyd are pretty clearly my next three here. Marquise have, Brown uh, went. Now you are uh, on
2: the clock. Diggs has just gone. Oh! So, uh, <laughs> now no, on the clock, we did have some tight ends that went there that pushed players down. We almost got to dig. So when we're looking at the the spot at the moment, um, the players I have are, are Boyd and Landry. Um, I think I I was very against going quarterback. I don't know if it's Sean. If you, what do you think about Murray at this point? I would still be holding off. No, and I'd probably I be pushing I, to go Boyd.
3: It sounded like Sean was in, and I don't want to push for Murray anymore either. I kind of brought that discussion up. Sorry to cut in, but
2: so so let's. I think it's uh, Gallup or Boyd, seconds, right?
3: Who do you like, Sean Gallup or Boyd? I like Boyd
0: here. I I like Boyd. The issue would potentially be that he's more likely to come back around if we wanted both. But let's go ahead and take him here. We're getting down to to 10, 15 seconds. Make sure we have our guy. And then we'll still have a lot of flexibility coming back in round seven.
2: We we had to take Boyd there just for podcast purposes, I think, Sean. (laughs) He's (laughs) he's He's been one of the guys.
3: I'm with you, uh, uh, with with you guys on Boyd as well, and I love the the comparisons you, you drew there, Sean, with Boyd. But yeah, I mean he's massively overlooked. So you, you compare him to the Rams receivers, I believe, and and just yeah, he's going to get a ton of targets. Yeah. He was even more efficient when Green was healthy. If Green's fine, or if Green's not fine, uh, Boyd's getting this quarterback bump. You know, he's he's going lower this year because he played half the season last year with Ryan Finley, and I mean that's just silly.
2: And uh, when we look at it then, I was kind of, if we had got Diggs there, we would have had a situation where we were possibly looking at Landry, uh, Landry, and um, obviously we've taken Boyd there. Uh, I was thinking we might have had a situation where we had Landry, Boyd, and Gallup coming around to that next pick. So uh, with Diggs going at the minute, the options that we're looking at, I still think it's probably, I don't know, it's probably still too early for that Christian Kirk pick, but we have Gallop, uh, we have Landry, and we have... Maybe a Christian Kirk mixed in there. Where are we thinking about going here at this point? As another another uh, running back has gone off the board,
1: you are up next. I'm
3: i interested to hear. Thought Sean, for me, it's it's. Oh, there goes Gallup. So it was going to be Gallup.
0: <laughs> ben, take us through what your preferences are. What your you don't have Landry as a target. You do have Deontay Johnson as a target. He's someone I, I have Landry ranked be- higher though. Okay. I do. Okay. Do you have any concerns about him? Any reason why you wouldn't want him uh, sort of on the roster here? Do you think he fits with the other guys that we have?
3: Uh, We can start only four receivers here, right? Correct. Correct. Now. so the only concern would be does he have this weekly ceiling and maybe that's over you know overrated but this could be a little bit more of a run heavy offense does he have the weekly ceiling to crack the starting lineup over any of these guys we've taken i know we obviously just want receiver depth and it's okay to take a guy who doesn't necessarily have that ceiling but that would be the only concern
2: Caller, so uh a,
0: that,
3: landry and johnson
2: i uh, landry i would be preferring there um out of the two um i think it's Obviously, we're looking for upside, but I think it's a safe pick with the option for upside. Um, I think between the players that are available, unless you look quarterback, I think that's the way we have to look, and I would be going to Landry. I, I know we can only start four, but obviously, you know, there's going to be the bye weeks, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be things like that, matchups. I think it makes sense to to have him there. Like If we look now so far through those rounds, we have uh, Kamara, Andrews. DJ Moore, DJ Chark, Cortland, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tyler Boyd, and Jarvis Landry. So, like uh, you know, when we look at what we've done through seven rounds, I think it's it's really, really positive so far. Um, I think Sean kind of hinted at it there. Maybe at this next wraparound that's where the the quarterback conversation t- uh, takes place. We ran out of time there. I was going to ask. We had Dak Prescott go just before us. We could have kicked off potentially a, a run of quarterbacks here in this round by by taking a by taking. Kyler Murray at that point was was there any consideration there for him over Landry at
3: at the very last moment seeing debt go just before you know if we had all all the time in the world I probably would have wanted to start up the Kyler Murray discussion again but I'm I'm very comfortable with that Landry pick what do you think Sean well the interesting thing and, and we talked a little bit about how we've you know kind
0: of mocked this forward and mocked this backward I actually like the picks in the double digit rounds not in terms of thinking oh these guys are going to be hits one of the things you know you go through and I mean, I've done 200 300 400 drafts uh, and every year those guys don't really contribute right and, and you can do that a number of ways you can look at the win the flex tool you know you can just go through the uh the different you know final scores and see that these guys are not going to contribute but There are going to be specific people and there are scenarios in which individual guys here would jump out. I like a lot of our double digit targets in terms of how they fit our construction and how they give us this running back uh, backup to help with what we have going here. Because I like guys in those ranges, I'm not as determined to wait at QB because there is going to be a cost of taking the QB you know if we are looking at Drew Brees or Tom Brady then maybe we don't get Damian Harris if we're looking at Matthew Stafford then maybe we don't get DeAndre Washington if we're looking at Daniel Jones maybe we don't get Nikhil Harry or, or Hines and so with those things as considerations as well then in this sort of situation where if we do wait to that point then we are going to be wanting to play more of the matchups, right? If we don't have a guy with rushing ability, then we want these passing games to be potential blow up games. And so that, that gets us to where we need two quarterbacks and that takes out a couple of guys that we might like in the double digit rounds. So those are some of the considerations that we're looking at when we pass a quarterback in this round, you know, six, seven, eight range, where there are very good players still available here. You know, the opportunity cost is extremely significant and yet there are things later in the build where we might still want to consider it. That was
3: very well put. I uh, agree with every word of that. With that in mind, if anybody from this Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson range gets back here, uh, I think we're at the point at our receivers where we're looking mostly at Kirk and I'm not sure who else really stands out to you guys as targets. I have guys like Lamb and Hardman and Darius Slayton and, and potentially Debo in my next range, Jalen Rager. I would probably be comfortable taking one of these really strong second-tier quarterbacks over those types of receivers, particularly given we've already taken five receivers. I don't know that there's any running back that gets me off that quarterback thought. Maybe TJ Hawkinson gets me off that quarterback thought, but I'm pretty comfortable with what you just said, Sean, and how that opens up our later rounds to to, to really attack some of those later-round priority targets.
2: Yeah, I feel Kyle, like that. You know, I think i yeah i I think it just depends on how these next couple of picks go obviously we could see three quarterbacks go in a row but uh sean will know before we started you know talking through the player options i was kind of adamant of waiting to post kind of around 10 before we start to look at quarterbacks but the way things are developing here at the moment uh, i wasn't expecting you know if if it's a case we get back to that pick at the end of the eighth round one of those guys are there i I think we kind of have to pull the trigger because as sean likes to say when it starts to get a bit flat and just looking through our kind of rankings and where we think things are going to go over the next round or so it is kind of based on our targets falling a bit flat at the moment uh deshaun watson has just gone there at the to the fuller drafter yeah nice nice stack there i i just noticed as well when we were talking a couple of minutes ago the actual uh this from the seventh spot uh has started kelsey mahomes as a stack i don't know if you said noticed that previously pretty nice stack to start things off to
3: man i wish we could have gotten taylor or dobbins because if in by some you know maybe miracle but by some chance we ended up looking at a kyler and kirk stack here that is probably my favorite stack this year watson and fuller would be close but I just love to get Kyler and then Kirk, who's just so undervalued and one of my favorite targets in every draft that I think could just be really explosive. And obviously if Kyler hits a ceiling, if you're making that pick with on Kyler, you think he's hitting a ceiling, then they need a second guy to be great, not just Hopkins and it's Kirk. Mm. And so that's just such a fun stack to have.
2: I'm dreading these packs coming up. There's one of them. that's just going to had one more,
3: (laughs) one more running back earlier. It would be a really fun stack to add right here. Not that I'm, a huge running back fan. Let's let's be let be honest here. Yeah. So when we're looking at the running backs who
0: would potentially come through and oh, it come board, <laughs> um, since we don't have, and I think all three of us are on the idea that both of the Buffalo backs are undervalued. Obviously Moss continuing to get tons and tons of buzz with with Singletary not going to us. Then you know how early do we look at Moss? Another guy here who and would have potentially fit our, our ship-chasing draft, and, and we took uh, Rager instead, is Philip Lindsay. I think he's a better back than Melvin Gordon, even though I like Gordon. They were supposedly running and looking very similar in the early going in camp, obviously just a couple of days, but then Melvin Gordon already demonstrating a little bit of his propensity for you know getting these, these nicks and scrapes. Is this a, a situation where
3: Lindsay starts to become an option i like moss t- over Lindsay, but they're both in my next five backs and you are. probably my two favorite targets coming up yeah
2: wilson's just gone as well so burrito went wilson went um so we're looking we're one pick away um it's going to be a, a tricky one here i think the only other player Shut i'd say to moss at, at the running I, back yeah, yeah go ahead
3: just Lindsay and sutton do we want to do that i don't know if i love the broncos offense enough <laughs> I think with Sutton, I'm 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 hoping that they're bad and they throw a ton. And I don't know, you know, a, a committee back in an offense where Sutton's good, if that's great. I think this team is going to get a lot better. I think they're going to score a lot of points, and I think
0: that Lindsey is going to emerge as a receiver the same way that Aaron Jones did last season. So I'm not necessarily avoiding it for that reason, but I, I certainly understand what you're saying. I think that maybe our first choice here would be, even though we don't have Murray, would be to go with Kirk and then take Moss coming back around. Or if we're a little bit more nervous about Moss with the buzz, we could take him. If we lose Kirk at this point, it probably doesn't kill us.
2: So are we going with Kirk?
3: I think Moss. I I like that, Sean. I think you're right. If we lose Kirk, we lose Kirk. It wouldn't be great, but...
2: You sure? You you don't think Moss is going to last? I think we we have 20 seconds left. We're going to have to go with Moss, but... I mean, if Kirk
3: went, we could go moss Lindsay still. And I wouldn't hate that. Would you hate that, Sean? Okay, so we have Moss here. And then
0: the thing I would I would the question I would ask at this point oh no never mind looking at there again just sort of updating for myself and for the listeners we had Debo Samuel Darius Slayton Julian Edelman Jamison Crowder as the receivers who went in round eight leading up to our pick Uh, we have taken Moss and our next couple of targets are Kirk and Lindsey Colin are there other players that you would like there we have talked about uh, T J Hawkinson was a target for all three of us but uh, he didn't make it. He he was picked one spot before so do you have any tight ends that you're looking at? Or are we pretty well set with Andrews as our guy and now we can continue to load up on wide receiver and, and running back?
2: Yeah, I think some of the, the tight ends that we're looking at are probably going to be a little bit later. Um running back, the only other one we t- touched on it on the show last week was Carry on Johnson. Um I still would have some interest there in how his he he could do this season. Um we talked about Tony Pollard um a couple of weeks back, you know, as an option. Um, I think it might be just a little bit too early for him. Uh, and overall, Tariq, I think
3: Tariq yeah. Cohen is another one I would throw out there right now. But I, I agree with the names you just said too. But
2: the the other one, Sean, is uh, I know like McCall Hardman's still there in the mix might be around early. But if we wanted to get him, uh, it's the option of going to get him. But um, Kirk would be the other one that's in the mix.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling good about Kirk coming back around. I think he's going to be our guy here. I do like those names. Uh, uh, ben pointed out someone that we'd like and, and hadn't had sort of slipped my mind here because he does usually go actually a little bit earlier. And that is Cohen. Uh, where are we in terms of the profile that Cohen has, the profile that Lindsay could emerge into and
3: how that fits with our particular team that we have going right here. That's a good question. Wow. I, I think I don't like to get two receiving backs and I, I think Hines is so much cheaper that I, I wind up not wanting to go Cohen this early as much as I like him and I do take him in some drafts. Uh and, and with Moss there and I, I feel a little comfortable that we've already taken two backs, I think I would probably lean towards Lindsay, but we also have Kirk here.
2: Yeah, I think I think Kirk's the pick. I think what you mentioned just about Lindsay earlier, um, might give me pause there. Um I talked about Hardman, he's after going as well. So I, I think Kirk's the pick here. Uh, then we start to to look at the running backs more uh from this point forward.
0: Yeah, I like that. And and this again is one of the reasons why you know, we, it wasn't a no-brainer for us to take DeAndre Hopkins. We love this offense. We want exposure. Uh, we've had plenty of articles on the site uh, referencing the fact that he could very easily be the Chris Godwin of 2020. You take that guy in round nine, you probably still have a very solid floor. I mean, Kirk is is undervalued just on what he's already done as a professional. I mean, you remove those injured games, and he would be going, you know, multiple rounds earlier. It's hard for me to understand how he's going behind most of the players who went in round seven so to get him right here i really like
2: i think it also it's nice it it takes the pain out of that hopkins pick uh, from round two so i think it was all down to waiting to get cork and it it was a it was a strategy the guys outlined pretty early so it's nice that it has come to fruition here um i think i think based on the players that were available at the eighth and ninth pick there i think we've we've done pretty well out of them the the only one that you know, I, I would like to see Kyler or Wilson get to us. But when they were gone, I think those were the, the smart picks. The players who went after were Jared Cook, Tevin Coleman, Nicole Hardman, who we like, Jordan Howard, who we've uh, talked about as well, and then Christian Kirk. So I think taking Kirk there and, and taking Moss are, are smart. We're probably, we're probably just a couple of picks earlier than normal on Moss, but uh, a player that we we all like.
3: And like Sean said, he's gathering buzz. He's probably going to rise and, and has been, yeah. I think, a little bit already. When I look at this team right now, where we're at, we have six receivers that we really like. Uh, I never have an issue with having six receivers at this point. Uh, but one of the things I mentioned about the Landry pick, now that we've landed Kirk, if Kirk is that player that, you know, that Sean just described, this Calvin, you know, Calvin Ridley player, I, it, it's all like then, then Landry's probably our sixth receiver because Kirk's probably going to have more weekly upside than Landry at that point. Just in, in with the complete benefit of hindsight, knowing that two of, two of the tight end targets that we all liked in Gasicki and Hawkinson went between that Landry pick and our next t- time up and Watson, Murray and Wilson all went, uh, it, you know, if that was our quarterback there, especially if it was Murray and we had Murray Cook, uh, Kirk, or if that was our, a second tight end, even um, that might be the one spot in this whole draft where it's like, you know, that, I could see that going, being a little more happy if that had gone a different way. I
0: would agree with that. I, I do like having the six stud wide receivers. I've got an article that'll come out later today uh, talking about how six is really the magic number for me in, the, in these formats where you can start four wide receivers. I want to have four really top 15 guys and you don't necessarily know who those guys are before the season starts, but you've got a much better chance if you're targeting the people with good profiles, the people who are going early in drafts. To get there, we know that we wanna have the four guys for the starting lineup, our two wide receivers, our two flexes, but then also we have a guy for the bye weeks, which I think is just absolutely crucial to be a dominant team during the bye weeks. And then we have a guy for injury or for simply being wrong, right? If we miss on one of these guys, and by week five, he's either a very difficult play or simply not what's going to give us that that league winning upside in our four wide receiver start, then we can move away from him. So while I also would very much like to have Murray in that spot, I do like having the six receivers here. And we've even got a couple of guys that we'll potentially look at now, maybe midway through the double digit rounds to give us a little bit more upside. But this lineup, to have these wide receivers with the running back tight end start, I think very exciting.
2: I think uh, it's probably a good time to start the conversation as well. We might be a round away, but the, the quarterback discussion in terms of where we start to, to look there. Um, I was just because yeah, Because I, I know myself and Sean are, talked a bit about Matthew Stafford. Uh, Sean, obviously, in the Scott Fishbowl, was very high on Drew Brees. And then somebody who I always like in terms of playing indoors and putting up high passing numbers is Matt Ryan. Uh Tom Brady's probably in that mix as well. Is there any of those four guys, uh Ben, for you that are are not not to draft? <laughs> Carson Wentz was somebody I like too, but he's just after going.
3: Yeah, Ryan is my next my next highest ranked quarterback. I'm very high on him. I'm very high in Stafford as well. Uh, I guess I'm maybe a little bit lower on Breeze. There goes Damian Harris, which I was hoping we would be able to nab a little bit after this. So one thing I'm looking at with our receivers more shark, Sutton, Boyd Landry. Every single one of those guys has a later round quarterback. If we were, we're thinking of any kind of a, a stack, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Burrow now that we are, we're on Boyd. Uh, you know, I didn't really say that I liked Drew Locke, or I, I said that I didn't really like Drew Locke, but I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that. I Gardner Minshew is one of my favorite late round quarterbacks, and if we're already on shark. Uh, I think you're hoping that Gardner Minshew is good. I don't think any of us expects Mike Glennon would come in and be great for Sharks value. So I think there are some really interesting stack situations here as well with this receiver core that would push down the, the necessity for quarterback. And as Sean already said, if you're not getting a guy like Murray, you might already want to take two and you might already want to be considering matchups. So I don't like. I like Ryan and I like Stafford and I like Brady and Breeze. But I'm as I'm looking at this roster, I'm thinking this could be one of those really late round quarterback type builds.
0: That's also a little bit what I'm seeing here in terms of the guys that we do have in terms of those offenses. You have the chance that the Browns could could take a step forward and Baker Mayfield would be interesting. You have that possibility that the Bengals will just you know really almost have that sort of Jameis Winston style season this year and say, look, you know, we're no, we know we're going to lose. There's no reason to try and hold Burrow back and manage the game. Let's go out there and play like he played in college. And even if that doesn't lead to wins this season, it'll put us in a great position to be ready in 2021. Whereas playing conservatively won't. We know that that can lead to a lot of quarterback scoring that same thing, I think, is the situation with the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, not an exciting quarterback, but the things they're saying about their offense and the things that even just, you know, what we believe about their individual pieces, you know, that could be something where, again, you're talking about a bad offense, but maybe a lot of fantasy points, you know, even with Bridgewater not being the the big arm kind of guy. And then again, Minshew, the same type of thing. So if we wanted to take a couple of those guys late and play the matchups, that might be a way to squeeze more value out of this draft. And yeah, we do so. need That's to...
2: Interesting. Hit- some running backs sorry we, we definitely do that's what i was thinking as well and uh, you know if you are pushing it down I, I wouldn't i don't really advocate for stacking quarterbacks and uh, running backs too often but with the situation where kamara a lot of his production is going to come through the air uh, breeze is somebody who could be interesting there i just see uh, the team in spot 10 has gone back to back with Wentz and angle jones which is probably not ideal for their strategy but it might help us here a little bit so uh, talking through it are 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 we thinking about waiting a little bit further for quarterback than this pick and maybe look at some of the running back options here coming up in four picks time
3: that's what i'm thinking one of the things that's not helping us is since we took kirk there have been about 12 picks or or more and not one of them has been a receiver uh you, you mentioned the two quarterbacks three tight ends have gone but four five six seven eight nine running backs have gone several of them are guys that we like Lindsey, Tariq Cohen, Pollard, we talked a little bit about, Damian Harris, AJ Dillon, Bryce Love, Chase Edmonds, Boston Scott. Uh, I know you guys aren't as high on Edmonds. I love Boston Scott. That's a guy that – and then Love and Harris and Dillon are all – I mean, this is – they're kind of devastating. when <laughs> We only have two that's running scary. backs. And those are all guys that I want to look at. But I know yeah. Sean really likes on Johnson. He's, I think, well, a clear option here, right?
2: I think if it get, if he gets to there, Sean, what do you think? I think he's an automatic pick if he gets to us at this spot.
0: Yeah, looking at him in round 10, it seems a little bit crazy, even though the buzz for Swift uh, (laughs) rising all of the time, even if Swift has a big season, when we're looking at what they want to do, and and one of the things that has pushed me back off of of Stafford a little bit again, is just them talking about how, you know, even though they were a very dynamic passing offense when Matthew Stafford was healthy last year, they're back to this idea of, oh, you know, we're going to be a running back oriented team. And so if that's the case, and if, and if Stafford does play well, and I'll carry on Johnson, just that hybrid profile, maybe he loses receptions to Swift, or maybe simply having a more efficient offense where they're throwing to the running back some allows them to stay on the field. They can pass to him as well. I, I love him in this area. I think there's understated upside for him being, you know, a,
3: a top oh, four makes- five round back. If he went... My next two backs are, are Heinz and Mack, two different Colts. <laughs> and I don't well, like that, drafting than Mack. I think we all put him as a, an avoid.
2: I think now, the, 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 the team on the clock has five running backs. Uh, I'm hoping but that he they're has not going to take a sec there. He, is he has Swift. Swift. Oh, I'm, I'm a little bit so concerned. So unless he handcuffs.
3: Yeah. yeah. I'm a little concerned. You might think that's a, a smart move. And then I have Daryl Henderson, DeAndre Washington, Darrington Evans are some, some other backs I would consider here. If you were to go, I think we all like carry on here, right? But if you were to go, what are you guys thinking? Well, my next question for you guys would be, and and
0: Ben, based on the people you're naming, I'm getting a little bit of a sense. But one of the things I I don't like to buy the guys when the buzz is out of control, like it was for
2: Keyshawn Bond
0: a couple months ago.
2: Now he's carry on, carry on, mix it. (sighs) I thought you were going to say wet. Uh-huh. Actually, it's funny. It's funny that uh, he's actually handcuffed. Uh, he's gone and taken Latavius Murray. Um, who would be? Alvin Kamara's handcuff. So we, we've dodged one there. I think we'll take the time on the clock. But uh, I think we're we're going for carry on. Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: And we'll we'll save the time on the clock just to give us extra time on the next pick around. But um, sorry, Sean, for interrupting. Us just to to get the pick.
0: No, I, and, and I like the guys that Ben mentioned as well. I really like the idea of getting Hines as the receiving back. Blair was able to get him in an FPC draft in the 16th round yesterday. And so I I don't think that he's a consideration at this point. I think that DeAndre Washington already is in the mix as we wrap back around with with the running backs who have gone. Uh, Darrington Evans, someone I would like to think is going to come back around to us. So those are are kind of where I'm in. And I guess my question would be in terms of someone who – is in that offense where if ronald jones does the kind of things that he has done for the bad in the past couple of seasons you know are is vaughn a guy here now that he's at a much more palatable adp than when he was going in the fifth sixth round you know is he someone to consider no oh, man you're asking me to, to
3: imagine bad things for ronald jones
2: it's uh i think that this is probably where the adp should have been you know around after the draft time obviously the on uh, vaughn hype got got really out of control um i just i just think that ronald ronald jones is the one to to own in this uh in this offense um you know moving forward based on what we've heard of fawn so far this offseason um but if we're looking at who could get their way to that starting job as we as we like to do he definitely has a a pretty good shot of if anything does go wrong for jones you know early in the season
3: yeah i agree with all of that that jones is obviously you know the, the preferred for me for as well. But, you know, one of the things Sean has always said in his zero RB articles is, you know, we're, we're dealing with uncertainties here. Uh, a lot of things can happen. And you
1: are up next.
3: I'm, I'm curious, Sean, if this was just your own draft, would Vaughn be your pick here or would you go with DeAndre Washington? Well, I was going to
0: throw it back to the quarterback question. I, I liked Columns' point about Breeze and the fit with Kamara. I think you even get more floor in terms of, going through the regular season and making sure that we make the playoffs, which, you know, in this main event, we obviously want to make that final four. We want to win our individual league in addition to winning the whole tournament. Uh, Ben, you had had expressed, I think, a little bit of skepticism about him. Is he? Yeah, so
3: part of the thesis with Kamara is they only scored 12 running back touchdowns last year. They were at 25, 25, and 24 the three prior years. Bree's touchdown rate, I believe, was a career high last year. So part of the, the thesis there for him over Cook is that Kamara winds up rushing some more touchdowns this year, which would not be good for Breeze necessarily. Now I, obviously they they could connect for many in the in the passing game, but part of my hope for Kamara is that he, he winds up running for more touchdowns, and then I don't know that Breeze is really worth an eleventh round pick. But I so yeah,
2: go ahead.
0: Well, if the offense opens up, if Emmanuel Sanders brings another element to it, if the defense falls down a little bit and we have a little bit more firepower again from these NFC South teams, I guess I would just like to see the Saints score more total points. Is that something that we should be considering?
2: So it's tw- 24 be seconds to go. 24 seconds to go. Where are
0: we going? Colin, we can go for it. Colin, who do you like here? Breeze, Washington? I, I,
2: think go, yeah. I think I'd go for Breeze. Let's do it. That wasn't necessarily something that I would have went for without having Kamara, but I just think, like Sean mentioned, if we're trying to make sure we make it true the regular season there's going to be games where kamara is going to have those you know receptions for 30-yard touchdown and immediately that week you're going to have good oh, points yeah. you're going to have the floor with kamara as well you're going to have pretty much a floor with drew Brees, but you're going to have spike weeks and i know we talked about like the likes of minchu and Chark, but you know minchu could go into the season and after four weeks it could be like well this guy is you know not a starting quarterback in the nfl and he's not going to be starting in fantasy um I, I like Drew Locke, but it could be similar. You know, we have a situation with a rookie in uh, Joe Burrow. You know, could you know sometimes these rookie seasons at the start can be pretty much a train wreck. They haven't had much training camp. Baker Mayfield last year wasn't great. So there's a lot of things. You know, Bridgewater was somebody you could wait very, very late for, but, you know, I think he's probably capped at 4,000 passing yards, so you're not going to get that. So I think with Breeze, um, we have some... The The one quarterback I would have went for there, um, and we just ran out of time, but who I would have been, like... I think Matt Ryan probably yeah. is going to be at top five in, in passing yards again this season, and he has Julio and Calvin Ridley. And as you see in this draft, they've gone mid second and late third for both wide receivers. We're expecting him to be able to have both of those guys go over a thousand yards and you know approach double digit touchdowns. So I, he's one that I think, like at this point of the draft, he should be gone. Um, you know, I'm yeah. If we had a little more time,
3: I, I would have made the same case for Ryan and and also just that. I think there's a few other quarterbacks that are in this tier that probably could have passed around there. to us. Um, Josh yeah. Allen being one that kind of plays into, you know, part of the Zach Moss idea is that um, he has a pretty good receiving profile and Singletary wasn't a great receiver. So you could have some of that upside as well, potentially. But yeah, uh,
2: I, I do think, I, I know, I think it was on the Shep uh podcast, you mentioned, Ben, that. You know, uh, I think he said about stacking quarterbacks and wide receivers and season long isn't something that you're all in on yet. But like I thought that Peter made a great point in terms of like if you get to the playoffs, it's pretty much like three DFS weeks. And I think like if you're looking at a construction at that point, like having that. Like double up, you know, and the correlations very important. So it could be something like that doesn't work out. But I think just with with most running backs, I wouldn't be going that way. But with Kamara and Breeze, I think it, it well, I hope it'll work out. The other player that I didn't mention at that point, I, I thought we would be waiting another round. I was thinking about the next two picks. Uh, I like uh, Chris Herndon, a uh, tight end, uh, but he's gone two picks later. So I think that's a bit rich for him there. We see John O. Smith going, Blake Jarwin going. So there's quite a few tight ends have gone off the board. Uh, five in fact over the last two rounds but i think it's just a little bit too early for those guys to be getting pressed and action there i know rager was somebody you had mentioned as well ben he went at the back end of that 10th round um was he somebody that obviously we probably weren't going to look at based on the the six wide receivers taken but let's say we had missed out on kirk would he be somebody you would have looked to take there
3: Yeah. Or, you know, I was just thinking in my head now that we have this, if we had taken, you know, Murray and said we were talking about that a little bit, that probably Rager would have been uh, in consideration at that turn. Now we wouldn't have been able to take him where we took Breeze and there's no certainty that carry on would have swung back around. But um, that was just, yeah, that was something I was thinking about in my head as well. But, I, no, I agree with your point about the stacking, absolutely, and especially with such a top-heavy format. Um, and, and I think you guys made a good point about the weekly floor. Like, okay, so if Kamara takes some more rushing touchdowns, like I said, that's good for our team. If Breeze still throws a lot of touchdowns, that's good for our team. The Saints' offense is one very much that we think will be high-powered and score points, and like Sean said, if it opens up even more with some new talent and scores a lot of points, this combination of Breeze and Kamara as our quarterback in our RB1 every week we're going to get a lot of the touchdowns for the saints and potentially sometimes stack them together. Like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and so there's upside and there's floor. And, and so I, yeah. yeah, I I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm very, I'm very content with where we're at.
2: Cause I think like, I think you're probably going to have those weeks where the saints score four to five touchdowns and Kamara gets one as a, rece- a reception, one as Russian. And then that means that breeze is thrown for three touchdowns as well, you know, on a four touchdown week. So, you know, it could, it could become very profitable that way.
3: Yep. Sean is, do you look at Heinz? At the 12th, 13 turn, 13 turn? Or are you thinking maybe we even wait till fourteen 15?
2: I'm interested in Hines. Oh,
3: and then DeAndre Washington game. is the other. I mean, because we have three right. backs. We, we probably want to consider another back, right?
2: There would be two <laughs> options. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe one more. You want to look I, at Eric I Ebron.
3: I, I know Sean's eye and Eric
0: Ebron are on this list. Well, I was going to ask. I mean, Ben, in our draft the other day, we got George Kittle. And so we stayed. We were hoping that Hawkinson would fall to us didn't quite do that. It would have been at what would have been a crazy value with Andrews here. We have that same sort of option of saving a roster spot, you know, then addressing it later in in free agency, you know, as people emerge, we won't avoid those values and and get a little bit of protection. Can we just go with Andrews here? Where would we look at Irv Smith, a guy that I think a lot of just went,
3: he's my next best tight end. Only one I had above Ebron and I would have mentioned, and he just went. Yeah, I would have liked Irv Smith there <laughs> to answer your question. But so yeah, at this point after Irv, I have Ebron, Ian Thomas, and then I'm into the dregs. Um, yeah.
2: Like I'm probably like waiting to ever. I'm probably waiting to I'm probably waiting to Tyler Eifert at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a long, a long road home. I'm kinda, if I'm looking at tight end, it would be Ebron probably maybe waiting all the way to Everett and after that I would be waiting to Iford in terms of who I would be targeting this left at the tight end position so I think unless we go somebody like Ebron Sean we're probably going to wait
3: I mean we can always like take Logan in. Thomas late I I, I know
2: oh, <laughs> very late we can take him in week three or week four I think yeah. <laughs> we can take him that late
3: <laughs> um, but DeAndre Washington's also hanging around here and we were strongly yeah. considering him there so I think the way I'm looking at this, it's Washington, it's Ebron, it's Hines as kind of our top options. What are you thinking, Sean?
0: Well, Vaughn is still available, and I know that. Oh, uh, Vaughn, yeah. There are some more negative blurbs on him, and talking about using him as a kick returner. I guess this is the kind of fall that has really benefited me in the past. Now, in any in of these individual shots, I don't expect it to necessarily benefit in in any given year. But you want to have exposure to those guys. I don't think the Lashawn McCoy it has any relevance whatsoever. I mean, no. the The Chiefs tried to play him last year when they were desperate and they had to bench him because he was flagrantly losing them games. He was so awful. Uh, if Vaughn is able to kind of get things together, even by you know week yeah. two, cool. week three, then you know suddenly you're looking at someone who I think is an interesting player. I think I'd probably prefer to go DeAndre Washington here first. You know, as we wrap back around it around thirteen, then you're starting to stare at it as a, a pretty enticing value. Uh Pine's someone I, I like, and and you know certainly wouldn't oppose for this team. He's another guy that I have on virtually every roster, and so I, if I miss him once, maybe it doesn't.
3: Yeah, and I have a lot of him too. I, I like the Washington, and let's hope to get Vaughn next. I, I, I think the, the
2: upside the upside if uh, if anything happens to Edward alaire for Washington is huge. So I think that's the way to go. You can do it.
3: Yep. And there's two, both these teams have two tight ends. So then we can get back to that. We're getting really into the dark part of the tight ends. Hmm. Um, if Vaughn I goes, th- Sean, are, it, you, you want to wait later for a guy like Ebron probably than the 13th round? Yeah. I don't think there's any need to take him with Andrews at this point.
0: He okay. probably won't make it based on on the trends I've been seeing. But, you know, once we get into this range, I think we are, are willing to hold, see Hold it might get some great values. Sure.
2: And uh, the, other, the other player I'm um, just going to throw in there, I don't know what the, the thoughts are overall, is uh, Duke Johnson. Any, any interest in Duke Johnson at this point? Feel free to say no.
3: I have him ranked higher than Vaughn right now. <laughs> so my, my next best running backs right at this moment are Hines, Duke, and Vaughn.
2: So but, what I have on the, the list at the moment is the three the of those guys, but I, I'm in particular order I could be could be swayed um i think i would have it heinz johnson then vaughn but I'm, I'm open to movement
3: i think um sean made a really strong point and vaughn pretty clearly has the most sort of three down upside i don't think heinz ever is going to have that and i don't know that for whatever reason Duke johnson is ever going to get that opportunity but vaughn could feasibly find his way in that scenario if something were to happen to ron jones what what have you and with this build that's that's what i want to be seeking so even though I have them ranked separately Vaughn for me would be the the guy that I would want to take for this build right now.
2: Yeah. The oh, way, the way uh, things are developing, I think that's good. Go ahead, Sean.
0: Duke as a, as a target. And my concern with them is that, you know, Carlos Hyde is also a terrible back. I mean, one of the, one of the <laughs> I mean, he, he's legitimately like the worst guy you can run out there in, in terms of a lot of touches in the NFL. And, uh, the only player, Below him,
2: on the clock. in
0: terms of running back efficiency for the last five years, is Frank Gore. They used him a ton instead of Duke Johnson. At the same time, you know Ben and I had the David Johnson experience last year. He <laughs> running around the back. Not a huge reason to believe that that is going to change. And also, I think some injury issues. And so maybe even though the Texans clearly don't like Duke Johnson for whatever reason, nor did his previous team. There is some upside here in an offense that is going to be throwing the ball around a lot. If Duke Johnson is out there with them, you know that's perhaps pretty enticing.
2: Yeah. So, I, I well, I think the I think the consensus pick here is Vaughn, and then maybe we'll talk about Duke Johnson after that because we have twenty three seconds. Are we going Vaughn here? Yeah.
3: That sounds I, good. I like it. Um,
2: I I think Duke. I've always I've been on the the duke johnson train since he entered the league and it's just never worked out no matter how no matter how, what situation he's been in and it's been a killer for me many fantasy seasons um, i have been right there with you but <laughs> yeah i, I uh, like i just i think he has the option even to, to to be an early down back as well but it's a situation where when he was in cleveland like they tried him in different scenarios every off season there was the talk that he might play in the slot there's all this hype that everything could go just perfect for him and it just hasn't and like you mentioned like last year he was you know behind carlos Hyde. it wasn't a fun experience owning him at that point either and it's probably gonna be a similar situation this year where he gets a bit of spot Mm -hmm. work the problem with him is he's one of those players a bit like lamar miller when he was with the dolphins we all i always thought like oh if he gets a full-time workload he's just going to be able to do everything and it just was a situation then when he Got that opportunity. It never worked out for him over and over again. And I think that maybe Duke Johnson's a similar situation where he is just a a pass catching running back who can be that kind of additional piece in an offense. I, I just think at this point we probably know what he is. He's not going to be the guy who can be that you know three down running back. It, it'd be very unlikely that he just comes in this season and ends up being a you know being a top 12 running back i don't think that's in the the range of outcomes i think it's purely for ppr um he's just gone actually two picks later so i i don't feel as bad now but that's my kind of take on him he's he's always showing the tools, but he's never put it all together
0: then where should we be
3: considering sony you you're into sony michelle at this point isn't he gonna miss half the year I, i my answer to that would be these next two picks and potentially never What's the what's the upside? I mean, he was the quintessential trap back last year and you know, for as much as I got hated on for being wrong about Derrick Henry, Sony Michel was a massive hit for that type of analysis. He got 250 carries and wasn't even an RB2. I mean, he was bad. I don't even think he was an RB2 in in uh, non-PPR. I mean, he was like just not very good and and I don't know how this works out where he comes back and has some, I mean, I guess he could have some multi touchdown games in the playoffs. You're thinking, I mean, I wouldn't be crazy. You like him still though, a little bit, right? I've,
0: I've taken him very late because I mean, he's a, he's, I think still the preferred starter for them on a team that if you not know, Newton does anything like what he's done in the past is going to score some points. Yeah. And so, you know, you have a little bit of that sort of shot upside on a weekly basis and we're into the range here where a lot of the backs are are very, very speculative. So in terms of the overall roster, maybe that has some, uh, has some appeal. But I do think that Hines is the guy that we're looking at. And then we need to sort of look and see our... We have the different starting positions covered. That doesn't necessarily impact too much what we want to do. But we have the, the running backs here. We have Kamara as the foundation guy. And then with Moss, Johnson, Washington, Vaughn. Lot of reason to believe that our running back two slot will actually be pretty compelling. So, is this the time to pivot back for some of our rookies? Who, granted, this is not going to be a great season for rookies. Probably at the same time, the buzz for Ayuk, the buzz for Chenault, uh, pretty deafening already. And all we have to do is look at what some of the guys did last year to know how much of an impact they could potentially have.
3: Harry Ayuk and Chenault are my next three receivers. I I would be open to any of them at any point from here on out, very very easily, and I often take Chenault over both of them just because I love Chenault. But yeah, I do have Harry and Iu Greg just because I think they go higher in draft typically.
2: What I don't know if you've touched on, it, but what, what do you think of uh, having Chark and Schinalt if that if that did happen? Oh, fair point. I don't know if I love. That. I I love I I love Chenault and I'd uh, be like, but. We, I, I only like to food? get
3: two of the same res- – well, we could stack them. And then, then okay, well, if this op- if Minshew's great, if he plays like he played at Washington State and he can run you know, a, a spread offense or they can throw it all over the field, they're going to trail, then, hey, maybe you have this double stack that all of a sudden is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But my issue with putting in taking two receivers on the same team is typically how good is the offense going to be, and I don't know that the Jaguars offense is going to permit that to be a, a positive – scenario uh although i do i I don't necessarily think chennault cuts into chark when he does inevitably break out because they're kind of complementary pieces charks a downfield guy and chennault's you know more around the line of scrimmage he has more vertical profile than than people give him credit for but i mean i don't know i could see it it's just my my initial poo poo was kind of the jacksonville offense issue
0: one potential positive would be that i Clearly the entire offense could be so bad that it's just a bust situation throughout, but I do have a difficult time seeing Chark have a bad season unless it's because Chenault is such a monster right away that he takes a pretty significant share away, even though, like you said, one of the reasons why I like having them both is that they are complementary receivers. I don't think that that necessarily does happen, but if if Chark disappoints, I think it's because Chenault has one of those 250-point rookie wide receiver seasons
3: in which case you know he, he's not a bad pick here yeah that's a good point and and when you get to the like complementary receivers is there a case like it it could be very similar to tyler boyd's breakout year where aj green was still pretty productive and boyd was very efficient and and like that's kind of how i think of them complementary. um he's yeah, not no, really the same as boyd but yeah you wouldn't expect any individual
0: uh pairing of players to to go on and be the Anquan mold and Larry Fitzgerald when Fitzgerald comes in. And those two guys are, are pretty much awesome right away together. But, you know, that's a little bit more, you know, what I see in terms of, of, of what could happen there if, if the offense works out. And, and again, that wasn't
3: necessarily with a great quarterback situation that those uh, Cardinals guys did that either. Sony, Michelle, someone's reading your mind. Honestly, every guy we talk about goes. <laughs> like.
2: And I like we're we're, we're we're recording this like as a stream but we're not streaming it anymore yeah. so i don't know if, if, if there's any bugs or anything in, in your houses that are listening in here i don't know
3: we did get washington and vaughn last time around and that was something that we heinz
2: H- is just heinz has just gone to oh. heinz yeah. might
3: have been the pick there so running backs aren't very enticing
2: at this point there's there's nothing there's nothing really left that i would be targeting and these even michelle uh, yeah
3: i mean i think literally and i've put him as far down as i could put him i I felt like considering he could rush 200 times uh, adrian peterson is my next highest running back and i'll never draft him he's just that's where we're at in my rankings (laughs) usually he goes you know 15 spots before i have to have him as my next best there goes Ayuk. I think uh, Nikhil Harry is still out there too, right? I think Harry and, and Chenault are very interesting here.
2: Well, how are you feeling, Sean, about the... My pick of the two players would be would be Chenault based on who I would rather have. Um, if we didn't have Chark, I would be 100% going that way. I think the two of them play two significantly different roles that I think they could both be productive. Um, I'd probably still be leaning towards Chenault here.
0: Yeah, the only thing I would say is that even with us and ben and the ship chasing guys we have not done a great job of actually moving Chenault's adp and so i think
1: we're on the clock
0: oh harry goes right there i was going to say that i think we need to take harry because he's less likely to come back around he does get picked and so Chenault seems like a pretty easy pick here
2: and yeah. uh, the only other wide receiver i don't know what your thoughts are both is i, I think Chenault's the pick but Sean touched on like the options of the Cardinals this year. And you mentioned about Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> I don't know if it was tongue in cheek at this stage of his career, but is he somebody in this range that interests you? I think uh, the upside's cap capped too much.
3: Uh, yeah. I, I'll let Sean comment, but does it interest me? I, I love Larry Fitzgerald. I do
0: think that he's at the point where that type of, th- of this I think that with Kirk, you know, you're looking at, you know, a 13, 1400 yard season while not likely is, is very possible. With Fitzgerald, we're we're looking more at seven eight hundred yards as being, you know, probably
3: what what you can optimistically hope for. You know, it's a bummer that Harry went, but it's it's fun to get Chanel there.
2: I think uh, if you were going running back heavy to start a draft, which (laughs) I don't see us doing in the near future, but if you were doing that, I think that he's the sort of player then where you can have a a safe floor, but. I definitely think the upside's capped for him. Um, I think it's kind of that that reverse approach. So where we're picking up these guys for the the ceiling, I think people who are going the the running back approach are probably trying to fit it in with uh, yep. the it in with a security blanket.
3: Do we have any idea where we're going here, Sean? What are you thinking? I have actually. I have Benny Snell as my next running back, but I mean we could get into the guys you like Bowden and and you know Benjamin. Daryl Williams is is there for me. Rex Burkhead is near. Edo Smith and Carlos Hyde. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of exciting running backs there, but I, I do think we're at five backs. I don't know that there's a tight end know, we're
2: taking. You, I don't think there's going Would a, you be starting to look at Everett? I mean, yeah.
3: possibly. He's the next tight end on my list, but I don't know if I would take Everett here over some of these backs, especially like mm-hmm. a Daryl Williams when we have Washington. I kind of like that pairing, and, and Rex Burkhead to me. I, I still like Edo Smith, like I said. I mean, those are guys I so would probably take over Everett. I don't know. What are you, where are you at, Sean? We're on the clock.
0: Are you completely off of Robbie Anderson?
3: No, I have Anderson next, on my list. He is my next okay. highest ranked receiver right now.
2: Let's take Let's him. Let's go. Anderson. I have him low, he, he, and he's I, my next I,
3: highest ranked receiver. Let's take him. You want him? Who do you have? Colin?
2: I have I have Anderson. My my list that I have is Fitzgerald, Anderson, Fitzgerald, Snell, and then I had Carlos Hayden <laughs> and Lynn Bowden. So I'm pretty happy to go uh, Robbie Anderson at this point.
3: Okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. This is really good. For him. I wasn't even considering just, him because I don't draft him, but that's a good call.
2: Just as I clicked on it, I was actually thinking we, we now have two Panthers and two uh Jaguars. So, we're going all all in on the cats this.
3: Yeah, but this we've year. kind of
2: handcuffed a little
3: bit, right? Like if something if 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 this offense is if you try to like like Sean was saying with with Chuck, some of the ways it, it like the only way you could see Chuck not performing is is if Chenault is just you know AJ Brown right away or something. But that's kind of the case more too. If Moore does have a disappointing season, it probably means that Robbie Anderson is a pretty great value. It doesn't hurt to have him on the same roster, in my opinion.
2: It's, it's one of those like like the, that's our third and fourth round picks being backed up by our fourteenth and fifteenth round pick. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I think there there's definitely standalone value in there. Like I I have no doubt. On certain weeks you'll start both of the wide receivers from that same team, you know, in certain matchups and that. So you know, I think it's it's a good move. I wasn't expecting it. You know,
3: I don't think in either case were we taking a player because we were like, Oh, we need to handcuff and we're worried about injury and this and that. They were the top receivers on our boards in both cases, but it does give you that if something happens to more, maybe that – greatly increases Anderson's you know outlook or if something happens to Shark it should probably mean that Chenault is going to be pretty good so we almost have this little bit of built-in insurance I think that's usually a lower upside play but we didn't reach for either of these players I mean even I have Anderson very low and I I I don't think I've ever been on the clock with him as my highest ranked receiver this year
0: and there is the element it would be it would be devastating in its own way but you know Devin has done a lot of great research and i think really articulated well the way in which you know people get very obsessed with the target shares for a team to start the season but when we actually see these league winning types of performances from wide receivers inevitably you'll go back and you'll find that one of the receivers on the team got hurt and so while it's not the type of thing that you get from zero running back in the same way where players elevate or that you're getting a pure backup who moves into a role and then as a league winner a a starter who's already a good player. And I think that for me, Robbie Anderson is kind of right on the edge there. I'm excited to see what he'll do with the Panthers. He could then elevate to that next level. Chenault, we don't know what he is, but the prospect profile is is just so intriguing. And so those guys, I think, have a a ton of upside. And even though the running backs have gone very early here, the teams are very running back heavy. We might even expect them to continue to be running back heavy. I think our options that we have remaining are guys I still like later than the 15th round, which is going to lead me into my next question of are we comfortable enough with the running backs that we have? Is there anybody that we feel like we need to the point where we wouldn't consider the sort of defense and kicker approach? Are, are we at the point where we think the board is flat and would like to get one of the top teams slash players on those spots, even though, Obviously, their predictiveness and their relevance are pretty low. Or do we need to get our, our next running backs in these next two rounds?
3: I don't hate the thought to the answer or to the question about whether it's flat. I, I do still think Daryl Williams is a pretty good value here. It, it doesn't sound like you guys are thrilled about Burkhead. But like those are guys that, to me, I have elevated over a lot of the other options, I think, that are available at running back. Um, and then and then the ones that you like, Snell and Bowden and Benjamin that, that you seem to get in every draft, but you kind of reference waiting later on them. So I don't know that we need to make that move. And maybe we don't need to make that move on Burkhead either. Maybe even Williams. Just out of
2: interest, Sean, are, are they the are they the three targets you have left at, at running back? Uh Bowden, uh Benjamin and uh Snell?
0: Yes. And I do think that Edo Smith is is pretty interesting as well. And so we have those guys and then and then Williams. I Burkhead, I've always loved him and I do have him on some dynasty rosters. I, I guess there's some potential there, but he's one of those guys who is squeezed and isn't really someone who even before he squeezed maybe you would you would count on. It's always possible that, you know, without Tom Brady, that they do go in a little bit more of a, a direction where it's not as Michelle and White where you can see every play coming. They may go with Cam Newton much more in a hybrid type approach where Burkhead and Harris are the more involved guys. And if that were the case, if something were to happen to Harris, then Burkhead becomes pretty interesting. I haven't seen him drafted. I do think he's someone that we could potentially target in free agency you know, if that scenario plays out. And
3: so that, that would be kind of my thought on, on where we are with him. Sure. Three kickers have gone and two defenses. I, I, to your question about our running backs, I like them. I think we have five solid running backs. I don't know that a slight downgrade in our RB six or RB seven is really going to influence this roster significantly. And there are several targets that you just noted. I, I, I hear you on the Burkhead one. Uh Daryl Williams is the only other one because he's running with the ones a little bit. And as the most extent and, and Darwin Thompson's already gone. We have Washington. We would have multiple shots at that KC backfield. He's the only one who really has any extensive playing time from last season with this Chiefs team because Edward Solaire's a rookie and Washington's a free agent ad, and Thompson barely played. So he is vaguely interesting to me. I don't know that we need to make the move here, but it's interesting that Darwin Thompson already went. But yeah, I would consider a, a defense or a kicker if you wanted to go that route, I guess.
2: <laughs> I think I think we're probably looking to finish up <clears throat> a defense and a kicker and then our other shots at running back. I think I, – I. what do you think? Like, if you look at tight end, I don't think there's anything really left at tight end. Um, And then we're obviously pretty much set up at wide receiver. Um, Probably going to go with just Drew Brees, a quarterback. So is that kind of the plan the rest of the way for you, Sean, is to to try and get some of those running backs is, that we've mentioned? And,
3: why is and Jared Fox still on the board? Oh, there he, he just went. Okay. Yeah. We don't have to have the
0: talk. <laughs> well, my question would be – I think the kickers here have been taken. It's really only the very top guys that I would be looking at both kickers who, you know, you're not worried about them getting cut and the offense is going to score a ton of points. You know, those mm-hmm. guys gone. Um, yeah. Williams. I was wrong about him. <laughs> I was wrong about Hines. Both of those guys I've, I've just seen consistently go so much later. I didn't want to reach because we liked them, but now we're going to miss out on them there. Uh, the tight end. I think the only question would be Disney. And is he actually just going to be the starter for the Seahawks, even though, you know, certainly Olson will play a uh, an important role for them. You know, Ben, you and I have had success playing playing Seahawks tight ends, and you know that might be a decent hedge here in the 16th round, where the cost is you know pretty much non-existent.
2: A.J. Smith just went off the the board, so that's one of the the running backs.
3: Man, you really think after a patella, a patella tear and was yeah, Achilles that Disley's going to be the starting tight end? <laughs> And, and that what, will be my, healthy my
0: Maybe. he wasn't healthy when he didn't have those injuries. So yeah. he, he, he wasn't.
3: Well, next. I, I've always liked targeting Russell Wilson's tight ends. I don't think people realize how they've all had little spurts of productivity and pockets of productivity because there's never been a big season. But he doesn't mind throwing to those guys in the red zone, especially. I, I I'm okay with it. I would like to get another tight end on this team. And if that's, you know, we don't have a lot of options. So I'm okay with it.
0: So, Colin, who would be your top choices? Ben, I think, was saying that that he's ready to go with Benny Snell, and, and now you are on the clock. I'm obviously always ready to go, Benny. Do you, do you have? Um...
2: I would be going. I would be going with uh, Snell, Bowden, or Benjamin here um, over a tight end. I, I think we can still wait on tight end based on what's left. So, if, if you just want to go with Snell, I, I'm happy to do that. Um, but I'm happy with those other guys as well. And to be honest with what's available on the board i'd probably be trying to get two of those guys in the next two picks
3: yeah i kind of like that too now that daryl williams and you smith both went that group of running backs that we thought might wait is smaller right
0: so yeah. do you
2: think Sna- snell forced out of the tree or
0: i think it's too hard to tell how it would go and we're all on board there let's do that and we'll get one of those other uh, rookies coming back
2: i hope you're right sean because i've s- Danny Snell and all my dynasty rosters <laughs> sitting there since last year. Or so Let's, <laughs> having Duke Johnson both sitting side by side on the bench.
0: <laughs> I have Benny and, and Bryce love everywhere. And it's been a, on this draft again, it's been a real resurgence for, uh, for the you guys long.
3: don't have any interest in Dawson Knox, do you? Cause I don't, but he's my next best tight end. <laughs>
2: I think I think in, in Buffalo with you know, if you're trying to look at, you know, Diggs and John Brown have been, and like I don't think yep. we'll see, you know, the two of those, and then maybe Cole Beasley get, you know, those like Beasley's kind of a killer for tight ends of what his targets are gonna be. And then I can't see him supporting four pass catching options as a plus you know,
3: the running backs, right? And and so yeah. it's almost like he's further even down the fourth.
2: All those targets are gonna go to Zach Moss anyway, so we know that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: the beasley points a very good one that's exactly why i don't really like knox
1: you are up next
2: if i was looking at tight end like uh, i think i would be happy like the
1: the the
2: guys that are there i think you can get that there on the waiver wire you know during the season um so i think i'd be passing on disley unless unless you feel strongly about it but i I think i would be going for benjamin Uh, or Bowden. both of them are still there i think i think benjamin's probably the one i would go for but we have a, quite a few on a week, a, a week, week by week at the moment. Uh, Bowden will be a week six by week. I don't know if you're going to take that into consideration.
3: Do we That's have by week, week issues? I haven't looked at it.
2: I've just noticed when I've been drafting that there's quite a few of them in week yet. Um, let me see.
3: And Bowden has uh, week eight. I I, w- I was thinking Bowden, but what do you think, Sean?
2: No, Bowden is week six, so we're good to go there. It's not as bad as I had previously thought. I've had a look at it.
0: I love both of these guys. I I think that we're getting a little bit more negative rhetoric about just those two Cardinals guys being so good that Benjamin doesn't have an early role. And so he probably comes back to us more often than, than Bowden does. All
2: right. Bowdoin, Bowdoin it I, is. Just, I had five, I had five seconds left when Sean started to talk. So I had to click it and hope that <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't take a risk, but no, I see the thing I think that that does for us is it really gives, you know, quite a number of shots at that running back position. Now, Whereas when we went wide receiver, wide receiver in fourteen, fifteen, I think we had to kind of luck to get those other options, and like we could have went defense or kicker there, but like Sean was saying, like unless you're getting the top guys, it's it's not going to be worth it. And I would be more comfortable taking those two guys there, and then you know seeing what comes to us at, at the kicker and at the 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 defensive position to you know fill out the team. So I'm pretty happy with both of those both of those two picks. Sean, what do you think about a Zigba?
0: I guess I don't have a lot of insight there. I think that Fournette is probably even at his dropped ADP, is the clearest fade in, in all of fantasy football. I think that that Armstead and you know being on the COVID list and, and missing the conditioning, missing, you know, the walkthrough, some of those practices, all of that is certainly suboptimal. But in terms of a guy who has this sort of big athletic profile, someone the team seems to like you know it's, it's going to be a, a different type of offense, but I think you would be hard pressed to to go with Ozigbo over him now they they both have have some opportunities there, and that offense, if it's what we think it's going to be, and if they hate fournette as much as it seems like, then he's certainly someone to keep on our you know keep at the top of our watch list and, and see what happens yeah. I think if he's drafted, he'll end up being cut. And then the opportunity would be to hit him again later.
3: So next time around, I, I, I like Disney a little more there. If he's still around Benjamin, we like a lot. Jamal Williams is still available, which is weird, but I don't know that I really love him because I do love AJ Dillon. But then I also want to say, do we want to consider a second quarterback? And I don't think that's necessary, but it would be kind of fun to grab a Burrow or a Minshew, knowing what we have on our roster.
2: The only reason I'd be doing it, I think if you were doing it, you'd be looking to put the, a stack together. I, I wouldn't do it, I'd say that. And I think like, you know how we've kind of, the problem is if we're not starting Breeze, we're probably going to be in a little bit of trouble um, with that offense. I think though, if you had like Minshew and the two uh, wide receivers are similarly with, Bridgewater, but I mentioned earlier when we talked about Bridgewater, there's, there's too much of a cap in terms of what his yardage totals that are going to be. Unless Sean felt strongly about it, I think I would be... Playing, I mean, we could just uh, get Burrow and John Ross
3: and then have Tyler Boyd, Burrow and John Ross and, and have the three <laughs> best Bengals.
0: I think looking at the, the team here, Benjamin is probably the guy that I would want. I think the other mm-hmm. thing with the tight ends is this potential if they have a big week one then the cost to acquire them and you know, you wouldn't want to pay that cost obviously, but the, the quarterbacks are so deep. There are so many options that the, the price that you have to pay in most instances in terms of your, your bidding budget is not going to really change your impact what you're doing the rest of the way. Whereas if one of these tight ends started out really hot, then that might be a very different story.
3: It's a good uh, point.
0: Probably more the case with Disley than with Knox. I mean, Knox is a little bit more of a shot guy. And I think that when you're looking at bye weeks he's someone who's interesting because he could put up a couple of touchdowns. Probably doesn't have that full, this full season numbers like you guys were talking about. But I think the, the potential difference in price when we look to free agency between a Disley and a quarterback is, is probably
3: meaningful, but you know, or Logan look- Thomas, I mean, if we're just throwing names out, right. <laughs> No, but uh, I agree with that. Uh, I, I guess yeah. The, the only idea would be the stack potential, right? But I don't think we would ever start like a Minshew over a Breeze, and really, yeah, any, that's
2: my in any scenario, that'd be my concern. I um, think it would be
3: if someone really liked Burrow at this point,
0: yeah, because of the potential for him to be, you know, like the the twenty twenty Jameis Winston. Not that he's doing exactly Winston the kind best. of things, but just that the offense kind of went that route. You know, that would be maybe the but so I, I agree. Have, you. I
3: think Benjamin and Disley, they're both on the board. We're one pick away. Who do we like first?
2: I think Benjamin. But See what chances.
3: Yeah, it's a good point because we have Logan Thomas as a backup
2: for Disley. <laughs> <laughs> the Logan Thomas show. How many... Uh, Imagine if Logan round- Thomas like just goes goes off you know, week one. What are we going to do then?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys think I'm kidding. We're not going to draft him, but he's going to go off. <laughs> um what can
0: drake
1: you are on the clock
0: has some unfortunate training camp thing happen then you know is suddenly a i mean a ninth or tenth round pick right and so i i I like him here
2: i think he has i think i would have taken him in the last run i think what i think it just makes sense here
3: yeah such a great profile such a great receiving profile so many uh, uh, fantasy points in that offense last year it's uh slam dunk and you uh, can Disley being the, the best tight end option so let's hope that he comes back around both of these teams behind us have taken three tight ends each so far so hopefully they decide yeah. that, you know five receivers isn't enough and they, they need to do something about that but yeah, maybe they'll just get five or, uh, tight ends
2: that, that's that the last uh, tree picks that we did there at running back were the three options we discussed at the 16th round so <laughs> we've, got, we've got all three so that's not bad
0: that's a really good way to yeah So do we have, I mean, it's, it's interesting because the the fact that I was lamenting a little bit, taking Drew Brees, once we got into the situation where Minshew and Burrow and Bridgewater, those guys started to look very appealing, but then we look at what's actually happened and we would not have wanted to give up any of our selections. So just having the one QB I think has worked out. Uh, Do we have, do we have a kicker that we like here or are we ready to go at defense?
3: I don't even know that we have a defense we like because the Colts are kind of my my cheat code because of their early off the early uh, schedule and they've already gone. So it's you i am
0: defense for us too the other night, Ben. I had another one. And and we were we were getting bashed in the uh, in the stream for, for taking the Colts
3: instead. What was that the Chargers? Yes.
2: I think the like the Chargers, uh, I think are the best in terms of the, the pass rushes available if you're looking that way. But you know, so, sometimes a team like the Chiefs, who are likely going to be playing from ahead a lot, there could be a lot of opportunities for like turnovers and pick sixes and things like that. Does that interest you going a player that way? Or going for de- defense that way?
3: I kind of like that. Um, the Chargers actually, I don't think were my suggestion yeah. the, other, the other day, Sean. They put the Chiefs in Week Two, and they get the Bengals in Week One, and I don't even know that the Bengals are going to be so bad. So. I know, Sean. You like the Chiefs, right? I do. Let's go with them.
2: The other option is like teaming it up with. I think the yeah, end we're putting too much on on the Saints, but I, I think the Chiefs are the one I would go with um, there. So are you? Are you both happy with that one? Yep. I just like I like having those teams like that are you know likely to win comfortably, and the, the other team is going to be having to pass heavy throughout the game, and then obviously that's going to lead to more chances for mistakes and interceptions, turnovers, and hopefully pick sixes
3: and then we got to find a kicker (laughs) one two three four five six seven eight nine we're already off the board there are only one two three four five six seven d's off the board i I always think it's fascinating when this many kickers go before
2: d's but oh there's there's this league on as well i I always think that like this is the right way to pick your defense and your kickers and (laughs) and if there was only like if there was any way that we could eliminate the kicker i think that would be the, the other way to go but I, I don't have any strong feelings at kicker. If I was picking somebody who I think will have their job throughout the season, out of the kind of list that's there that I'd be confident in like, uh, a, a Homer pick would be Mason Crosby. I think he's always pretty, pretty solid, uh, year on year. The problem is that he's going to be playing in not the, the most ideal weather conditions. I'd prefer to have a kicker who's going to be playing indoors, but the further down that list you go, obviously the more chance those guys aren't going to be there either. Um, I would be saying like he would be my first option. I'm not really convinced Then <laughs> the rest of the option, there's a lot of things. Brandon McManus is playing in Denver, who an offense we think should do pretty well, and he's playing at altitude as well, so he should be able to hit longer field goals. They would be my two preferences about going, going kicker. Have you guys any, any preferences for kickers?
3: One guy I take in some mocks when I have to is Jason Myers because Pete Carroll's never really passed up a fourth down that he didn't mind kicking a field goal on. <laughs> if they do play a little bit more up tempo this year, like we know they they've talked about, and also Myers has, uh, he would be, he would cost them money to cut. He, they gave him a pretty good contract last year. So the other he's thing, the other, almost certainly going to be just- a
2: kicker. The, the other thing just come into my mind there as well. So it was when we're picking kicker, Sean, I don't know how much you're going to put this in, but if it's a, a onesie position like that, are we looking at like later by weeks right? Just cross as of week 5 by week something that came into my mind there.
0: I definitely use that as a, a tiebreaker. Highbreaker. I'm, or not even necessarily a tiebreaker, but uh, sort of a definitive piece when I'm trying to make moves in season, uh, at the beginning in the draft, often I will try and grab one of those uh, top kickers just because it takes a little bit of the guesswork out of it, especially if they do have a late buy. However, you know this season it looks like it's going to be different because these three running backs that we took down the stretch here have been consistently available, and I just think they're must own people for the teams. And so I, I like the guys you you two have been talking about in terms
3: of our, our kicker options. So Jake Elliott just went. He was another one. He's the one we took in ship chasing that Pat Green liked. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten have gone. There's gonna be one more probably kicker pick before we go. We have a lot of picks until we pick again.
2: Yeah, I think it's just that uh just spot seven um before us that has to take a, a kicker.
3: Kaimi Fairbane so, Fairbairn is always kind of interesting as well. I guess he wasn't the, very good the, last
2: year. Yeah, he wasn't the one thing I'd give him is he's playing indoors would be an advantage, but I don't know. I think maybe after talking myself into McManus based on offense and based on bye week over Crosby.
3: Are we sure that offense is good though?
2: The only thing, like if it's not, if if it's mediocre, it's still going to get into field goal range, you know, and that's what we want them to do.
3: I I think, in my opinion, that argument plays uh, better
2: for Fairbairn.
3: Jason Myers, Fairbairn goes,
1: You are up next.
3: But yeah, I, I don't mind. It's just a kicker. But I think that argument might play better for my – what's what's Seattle's bye week? Do you have that in front of you? Bye week? Uh, oh, it's 26. Six. Yeah, that's not great. I don't know. What, what do you think, Sean? Which offense would you prefer, Denver or the Packers or Seattle? I think those guys all probably have their jobs locked up, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's interesting to think in terms of that Denver offense if they do a little bit what the – Uh, cardinals did last year where they actually moved the ball pretty well but then couldn't score and then you have all of those kicker points so and then especially with the long kicker the long field goals that's another option there i like all three of them i don't really have a preference
3: let's do mcmahon's you guys both like them that's good
2: i think the the bye week just been in week five for crosby uh, concerns me like if you get into a situation where you know you're you're four weeks in you're going to have to cut him even if he's doing you know good so Obviously, if he has four good weeks, that's a big advantage for you. But that was a bit of a tiebreaker. I do think that, like kickers in Denver, do tend to score a lot more longer field goals. So I always think that that's a bonus as well. But I think Sean's point on kind of the Cardinals last year and how they moved the ball—I think with such a young offense, you could see that happen quite a bit with this uh, Broncos team this year as well.
0: All right, Ben, what do you think? How how do you? What's your breakdown? of our roster how how do we score here how do we grade
3: i like it obviously i i I think our receivers are fantastic we knew that was going to happen probably regardless dj moore dj Chark, Cortland sutton tyler boyd jarvis landry christian kirk is a pretty incredible incredible top six we got chanel and then pretty hilariously the one guy that that noted on our targets and avoids you had both noted as targets i had noted as an avoid and you said in your email that uh I wasn't going to allow us to take Robbie Anderson. I think that's the way he said it. I think that's the guy that we wound up with as our final receiver. And then, yeah, I mean, I think our, like, you know, obviously Mark Andrews, Drew Brees, can't really go wrong with those spots. I think our running backs are are very strong. I really like Kamara at three. We made that case at the top of the show. Zach Moss, on Johnson, DeAndre Washington, and Keyshawn Vaughn, I think is a really strong two through five. All of those guys will probably have roles at some point during the season. We feel very, very comfortable about that, I think. Moss and Johnson, and potentially Washington and Vaughn, but probably mostly Moss and Johnson should have week one roles. Uh, pretty pretty decent ones. We can start right away. And then late, we get Snell and Bowden and, and Benjamin, which you just noted, you know, are three. Your favorite late-round guys. You're the zero RB guy. I, I'm thrilled to get all three of those guys on this roster. We have eight running backs. I like the way we broke it down with, with eight running backs and, and plenty of bites of at that apple. I really like the way it finished up. I mean, I, I think if, if any... Change, you know, I'm a little bit worried that we only have one tight end in a league where so many went Logan Thomas is available on waivers, so we're we'll be safe.
0: (laughs) And that's right. And Knox also did not go at any point, I don't believe. Colin, take us through it. So we've got the evaluation from Ben. I think we loved all our picks, so we're gonna give ourselves an A, possibly an A plus here. What would you have (laughs) done differently? What's the benefit of hindsight? Are there any picks that you would go back and change now? that we know how the draft transpired after that point
2: i'm i'm very happy with how it filled out overall there was a stage where like when we made the pick the mark andrews pick i probably would have went hopkins there and i probably would have went with either andrews or ertz on the next pick that was one that i kind of doubted at the time but seeing how the team has filled out and developed i think has worked out pretty well there was a couple of picks where we just got you know, like the Jonathan Taylor pick, but like ending up with DJ Chark is you know <laughs> a very good consolation there. Um, so that would have been something that might have changed how we proceeded with the rest of the draft, but I think as it all came together, it's it's looking really good. Like, I know, I know for like from our shows, a couple of the players that you're really targeting are Moss, and then like we've talked about DeAndre Washington, we've talked about Benny Snell, Lynn Bowden, and, and Eno Benjamin, so we've kind of we've hit pretty much like you know four to five of your prime targets in terms of zero running back we've hit basically four to five of the wide receivers that we want to get like we got our late target as well in Chenault, Um, we got the stack and breeze and kamara i think there's a lot of things there that that worked out really well for us so um overall with how the whole picture has finished out i'm, I'm very happy that was the one area at the start i was like ah oh, maybe i should have uh, Pushed, pushed harder to get that uh, Hopkins pick but then that did we, we might no end with Hopkins and Kirk we might, have, we might still have done that based on how we ended up with our, our other wide receiver pairings but uh, very, I'm very happy with how, how it played out from that third spot I think it, it went probably as close to what we would have done picking those spots before the draft as possible.
3: And now that you say that maybe mine mine would have maybe been that kyler murray jarvis landry discussion in the early seventh but if we would have went hopkins we probably would have been pretty comfortable taking murray there and maybe still would have taken kirk we got you know benjamin that would have been a really interesting stack with the cardinals who could just be really explosive for a few weeks that might be the way that i would would change it
2: and the reason i was happy to go andrews there as well is. There is a possibility, like it, it didn't play out that way, but there's a possibility that we pass on Andrews and then the team picking second and the team picking first both take tight ends and then none of those guys get back. So I was more like, it was kind of the, the, the point that you made that won me over was pretty much like we're going to get, you know, Hopkins, DJ Moore, or Juju Smith-Schuster at this next pick. So taking the tight end there made sense. And that was something we had obviously discussed before as well. So it worked out pretty good. Sorry, Sean, for interrupting it.
0: No, no. And I agree that Andrews could be an absolute hammer for us. I think that the the point about the round seven and Jarvis Landry with how well the rest of the wide receivers played out is a good point. I think that the one pick we we might that we loved and yet we might end up regretting uh, with getting Chenault having Chark early. There's definitely a real possibility there that if Washington is an absolute train wreck, that will regret not having Terry McLaurin instead of Chark in that spot. I don't regret it now. just looking at possible things that could happen. And McLaurin could be an absolute monster that we lose out on that range. The one thing that we might change or, or looking at it kind of going back, you know, how could we have done things differently in that drew Brees spot? You know, if we liked Henderson quite a bit and we take him and it pushes the quarterbacks down a little bit, we probably get one of those quarterbacks that Ben was talking about in round 12 and i think that washington is someone we probably could have gotten or possibly could have gotten with just a few picks later there in round 13 so maybe that gives us a little bit more at the running back position than what we got with Vaughn, and we'd have a similar quarterback dynamic but that's very very nitpicky i think that what we did in this draft has been very clean it's it's actually one of the cleanest drafts that i've done and i i usually come out of my drafts liking who i've taken because i have very clear targets and i grab those guys i don't you know, take someone else when I'm on the clock because, you know, someone has fallen or something like that. So I like my drafts and I like this draft more than most.
2: Yeah. I think it was good. There was a lot of, uh, you know, talk. I know we ran into some time issues at times, but when you have three people discussing the pick that can happen, but I thought we, there was a good balance of uh, decision-making across the board. I don't think there was really any picks that none of us really wanted to go. with. I think that breeze one might've been one that we made very, very quickly but I think that uh, it makes sense now that we've kind of talked through it afterwards. The the one decision I was having there at that point with Breeze was kind of, if we avoid, if we didn't take Breeze and we didn't take Matt Ryan at that point, they were the two I was kind of thinking of. I thought we would kind of punt the QB position pretty much all the way to the end. Like I'm just looking through the draft and uh, I don't think Minshew, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think M- Minshew was drafted at all. So like when we were talking about options, we could have potentially, passed on Breeze and, you know, taking somebody else there and then went and taken Minshew, you know, later on, something to that effect. Just to Sean's point,
3: we didn't really have a lot of picks to give up late because we liked the Snell and the Bowden and the Benjamin pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Robbie Anderson pick is where we, we would have wanted to, to snag a, a quarterback, but, you know, and we could have had our choice of, of a lot of guys, you know, Burrow or, or Minshew, but I, I don't know yeah. that I, I think that drop off from Breeze to those guys is worth, you know, the Daryl Henderson.
2: Or, or well, when I when I look at when I look at Breeze, sorry, the other quarterback that was in the mix was uh, Stafford. But if you look through those rounds, so, like, I wasn't going to take Henderson. I like Hendron, but I wasn't going to take him there. Marlon Mack, Henry Ruggs, Deshaun Jackson, Perryman, Mike Williams, then Stafford, then Higgins, then Darian Evans, Justin Jefferson. Like, there's a lot of players in there I, I would not have taken. Looking back now, I wouldn't have taken any player that went between Breeze outside of the quarterback position before we got DeAndre Washington. So I think it was the the play to make there.
0: And he, you think about guys that we missed on and, and guys that we like. The the situation with Darrington Evans, I mean, I love him as a player. I think he's got a lot of upside. Ben talked about him as a target in the show. At that particular point in the draft, even with Keyshawn Vaughn's fall, it's hard to make an argument that Evans is in a better situation than than Vaughn when you look at how just firmly in in control of the top spot Henry is versus Ronald Jones. And, and again, I don't think that we necessarily think that LaShawn McCoy uh, is a legitimate factor there. We, we could all obviously be wrong. Anytime that there are other guys, especially people who have been signed late, I mean, you can't completely dismiss them, but the people we got Evans is someone that I would have liked to have gotten on our roster, but I, I would have wanted him later than where he went.
2: Yeah. And the other one, I suppose, if we look back uh, that I would have been interested in getting was McCall Hardman. But if you look where he went at the 901, I think like we took took Zach Moss at the, the back of the eighth round. I think like looking back, based on our roster construction, that was the pick we had to make. We could like, it's just, that's the way the team had to be built. So was he somebody, Sean? That you were thinking about at that Mossback, but based on who we had before that, we had to had to go running back there. The other players I really like actually is how this draft fell was like we got Johnson and you mentioned Vaughn already. We got both those guys at a lot better value than I I thought we would get them at.
0: Yeah, you look at Hardman. He's someone that I love. He's someone I think could outperform draft position uh, by a wide, wide margin. At the same time. You know, there are lots of scenarios in which he's he's overvalued. You look at a couple of those yep. guys who who either came back around or got close to coming back around. You know, is he a clear pick ahead of C. Lamb ahead of Jalen Rager? You know, probably not. He's definitely not a clear pick, especially for 2020. If you're talking about dynasty, I think that you know you can probably very easily take him over Christian Kirk. But you know, Kirk would have been the guy there first, regardless. Yeah,
3: I was going to say the same thing. Harvin's one of my favorite picks, but I wouldn't take him over Kirk. And we got Kirk after him. The other running yeah. back that. You mentioned Evans, but the other one that I really love is Boston Scott. He goes in the 10th before we end up taking care Johnson, which was great value. I don't know how we could have fit Boston Scott in. I mean, we took Zach Moss and Christian Kirk at the turn before that, and it's not a place where I would have preferred to take Scott. So I'm bummed that we don't have him on the roster, like you said, with Evans, but he's not somebody that we could have gotten, frankly
2: yeah that was that, that was an area that there was a i was starting to kind of there was a bit of concern because we had zach moss at that point uh, and we passed up then and as you mentioned on some of those options so what we had at that pick for kirk we had discussed Lindsay. i mentioned tony pollard tariq cohen was mentioned and somebody who we didn't really mention on these shows but aj dylan somebody who we've talked about on the podcast and sean obviously uh loves bryce love and he went quite high as well so then Boston Scott went after that. So there was like a pick, there was like a, a half around there where it was just wiping out some of the targets we had. So I was a little bit concerned, but it worked out. Then the guys that we actually got, like a carry on Johnson, fall a little bit because those guys were going a little bit earlier. So yeah, that I, was interesting. I had used concerns at, at that point. I was starting to worry a little bit at the, the running back depth we would end up with, but it worked out pretty well.
3: And I don't think you mentioned Damien Harris either, who, we, who Sean and I yeah. took on that ship kit chasing one we've talked about. There was a lot of guys that I I like to take, and I think were targets for most of us that went there. But then we still got Carryon Johnson, which seemed like he sh- probably should have gone in that range as well. And then we took Breeze, and then we get Washington and Vaughn. And and I don't I don't know that we really ended up missing those guys. It doesn't mean that you know we wouldn't have been happy to take them if they would have fallen.
2: And based on obviously like I like DeAndre Swift as well, but he went, you know, in the fifth round, middle of the fifth round, and then we get Carry on Johnson, you know, at in the tenth round. I, I definitely don't think heading into the season you can project a five round swing in ADP based on where we think like with confidence they're going to end up at the end of the season. Are you are you surprised at the gap there or just in general between the ADPs?
3: Yeah, I mean I I think DeAndre Swift has the upside and I think sometimes it's hard to see in projections, but you know, around five ADP on, on Deandre Swift, or, you know, he went around five here. I assume that's basically where I usually see him. That to me makes a lot of sense because he could just be this, this league winning player. It's similar to Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people don't want to take him because they can't see why he would be worth a third or a fourth round pick, but there are scenarios where he is, you know, an absolute star right away. So I don't, you know, they're, they're probably centers where Karrion Johnson hits, but he's more, he, he he probably has to rely on an injury more, which is where, you know, you you, you fall into this 10th round ADP or, or, you know, we got him in a good value at the late 10th. But I don't know. I guess the gap kind of makes sense if you think about it from an upside perspective.
0: If if something does happen to Swift and Karrion can manage to stay healthy and this offense is what we think it's going to be, then you're potentially looking at Karrion rehabbing so much of that value that he's lost in the last year. Hopefully that's the scenario that happens for us, not the injury portion, but hopefully both backs there are very successful. A couple other values that I think were interesting at the running back position that we would have had difficult choices to make would have been Devin Singletary and J.K. Dobbins, both of those guys in the sixth round in specifically this format where obviously the running backs go so early. I think those are home run picks and this just gets back to that situation where depending on what your draft slot is, you're going to have to be content with the fact that other people will get some values that you can't get just based on where you are. When we were drafting at the 503, Cortland Sutton was the pretty clear choice there. If we had wanted to go to running back, we probably would have gone Swift who was just mentioned. Those guys did not fall back around to us in round six, but they were interesting picks and the very good values for the guys who did get them where they were able to get them.
3: What other teams do you guys like here? I mean, it's interesting uh, looking at teammate. He went, he or she went four wide receivers to start. Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, who fell a little bit, probably because of that that injury scare. Mike Evans and Amari Cooper. That's a I mean, pairing Thomas and Adams is obviously pretty ridiculous. And then getting Evans and Cooper, and he's the one who got that singletary pick. I don't really like the Devin, uh, Dave Montgomery fifth round pick, but then he goes Antonio Gibson. He gets Kyler Murray after, you know, we talked a lot about him. We didn't get him, Tariq Cohen, another guy we talked a lot about three upside tight ends and Fant and Irv Smith and OJ Howard. I kind of like that roster.
2: The problem I have with it, like if you look at compared to ours going that tight end early, it have allowed us to avoid taking, like he's taking three tight ends in four rounds in the, the kind of mid-range and he's finished off then with a the tight end in the 20th round. So I probably like wouldn't be going that route. There's just too much invested in the tight end position. I know it's tight end premium, but that would concern me. When we looked through it then. Like, there's he's taking Kyler Murray. He's also taking Baker Mayfield. So more roster construction than anything. Like, I I love the start. I don't like David Montgomery that pick at all. I think that he's probably made that pick based on he has four wide receivers. Like, I think the pick there is probably Will Fuller. Um, and then to try and you know get some running back or to get some more running backs later in the draft. But I I really like his start. But I I didn't like how the team progressed then after that point. That would be that would be the concern I have with that team.
0: The tight ends are a problem because if you're going to go Fant Smith, I think you've got to sit with that and say, I'm going to win because of one of those two guys. Because then in that 13th round, you still have some options at receiver. The article that I'll have coming out today talks about how, with zero running back, I really think you want to get to the six wide receivers in that range where you can count on them. That's what we did on our team from the 12th spot the other night. We were able to do that here, even though we started running back tight end this is a, a beautiful four round start. But then the problem with that team is they could still end up being a little bit light at receiver. And the one thing you definitely don't want to do when you go with a zero running back team is still maybe not have the receiver firepower or just be so fragile across the board that you now
3: actually need everybody to stay healthy.
2: Yeah. That's
3: a good point. Any other team to stand out to you guys? Kelsey I'm just looking through
2: a couple that. of the, the, the interest start in starting the, the spot 10. Now me and Sean both love Eckler, but it wasn't really on a, a target list here, but started Henry Eckler, Alan Robinson, who is also uh, off Sean's list and then Leonard Fournette. So I think that's the team that I, I don't think that we would be recommending that start. Um, not not the strongest of start there based on where those, those guys have gone. What do you think?
3: Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one either, but yeah. who knows? They'll, they'll probably win. <laughs>
2: I liked uh I liked the start of uh, team five with Cook, then Julio, then James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, um Tyler Higby pick and AJ Green pick then started to take me off that that train. But uh, overall the the like some of these teams have started off very well, but I think they've faded away very strongly at the end of these drafts, which hopefully is good for us. But the the other teams I don't think have put the teams together as well as they could have. We look at like uh, spot um, six you know they started back-to-back with Chiefs with uh, Edward Hilaire and Hill Um you know I, I probably wouldn't have went with back-to-back with the the wide receiver and the running back of the the same team I did like to start off the 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 pick seven team with the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey interesting then with Gurley and Bell um Sean I believe they were the two players that you mentioned uh, in an article last week about veterans you know what their values um Ronald Jones then come in for them so there's a couple of interesting teams but I'm um, just the overall roster constructions aren't what I would be would be looking to go with on those rosters
3: That Kelsey Mahomes team, their receivers are Brandon Cooks, Jamison Crowder, Sammy Watkins, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Josh Gordon. That would be an incredible receiving core in 2017.
2: Yeah, Uh, because they have two guys who are are suspended for eight games at minimum. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about it this year. Yeah, so that like that—that's the sort of decisions that are just not gonna like. They're likely going to have Antonio Brown and Josh Garden on waivers at some point, unless the other players really hit for them early on. Because you can't really go through kind of eight nine weeks with guys who like aren't going to be playing at all. So they're they're just two really really kind of bad picks to pair together. Is there any team, Sean, looking through it that you think has has no real upside? Um, there's just there's teams that I like portions of what they did, but putting it all together um it's just not not clicking for me well
0: one of the things that we'll find is that some of these teams will hit on their running back selections and then suddenly they do have more firepower than it looks like at this point when we're evaluating the teams and then if, if any of those teams also hit on their wide receivers which again is something that happens then we're looking at those teams as being a threat i I think that one of the things I like a lot of the starts and maybe that's in part because in the first five or six rounds, we know we do tend to like most of the players. So a lot of these teams through five or six rounds look pretty good. And then the question is, did they follow a plan from that point that really fits with the guys they had in the first six rounds? I'm with the two of you. I don't necessarily think that they did. However, you know, you look at the team with the Elliot Godwin Juju start, and then they also have Chris confidence. Chris Carson and DeAndre Swift, a couple of interesting backs. They they pulled uh, Diggs out from under us at the last second there. They have TJ Hawkinson, who potential massive breakout tight end. And then you look there with Harry. If Harry is the guy that a lot of us have thought that he was, you know, that's a team where I could actually see them being – pretty loaded with some upside guys as, yeah. as long. I do actually also like, even though I wouldn't have done it exactly that way, I do like that chiefs back-to-back start because then they have Ertz, you know, your target then calling they have Odell Beckham. You know, I, I think it's more likely that he disappoints.
2: Mark, than, Marquise Brian as well.
0: Right. And so, you know, but Beckham is a guy where, you know, you can certainly see where he could be back to the top couple of wide receivers. Akers, someone we talked about a little bit, Brown, Deontay Johnson, you know, Brita, and Lindsay people who are zero running back targets. You know, so that team right there, they got Hines from from Ben there at the end. Yeah, you know, Smith. So that's a that's a pretty dynamic team in terms of what they have yeah.
3: going. Except for yeah, that Emmanuel right. Sanders pick, I cannot understand Emmanuel Sanders in the tenth round. I'm sorry
2: but there's there was some now throughout the draft there was some kind of picks that really surprised me in terms of where where they went um what i would say is just like if we were looking at a very simple strategy if you look at the teams that went tight end early um you know when those what those first four tight ends they have clearly not had the pressure and the other guys had in those middle rounds like there's a huge number of tight ends that have gone kind of between round seven and kind of around 13 range and th- those teams then have kind of affected their overall build based on the value um i i think that having in this format having that tight end that you're you're confident in early it does it i think it definitely gives you an advantage then for the rest of your roster build
3: certainly yeah a lot of these teams had to take a lot of tight ends in the middle rounds it's a good point sean You think- never said if there was a change you could make one one fix for our whole roster what would it be
0: well, I was I was regretting to an extent, like I was mentioning the the breeze pick, because I think if we had waited there, it would have pushed the other quarterbacks. We were considering one more round. I am glad that we took the quarterback as opposed to taking two later on. I I think in retrospect now I might be like fifty-one forty-nine on McLaurin instead of Chark. But you know, within the within the confines of what we did here. You know, having the very quick clock, having the three people talking about it. Now, we were well prepared coming in. We knew which players people wanted. We had a, a good approach set up, both you know, working it backwards, working it forwards. Even with that being said, I have to I have to say I'm, I'm delighted with how it actually worked out. The only change I would make would just have been for the teams who maybe didn't need running backs to not take running backs in that ninth round and clear it out a little bit. <laughs> That's something you have to be aware of when when you're going to be patient you know, you can't come back and be like, oh, well, it wasn't fair. They took these guys that we wanted. That's just, that's the way that it works. And so then you have to have other contingencies. And I think we handled that well.
2: Yeah, I think the changes we made on the kind of on the flyer when we were on the spot, I think we did it did it pretty well. The one thing you mentioned there is the better, we did preparation before. it. I think if if you go to do any three-man drafts and you don't have an idea of who the other people are like, I think you're in for a real spot of trouble because I think that got us out of jail a couple of times there, guys.
0: And now we're all set up for to have the argument uh, when we need a free agent pickup in in week ten, you know, whether or not we're gonna cut Robbie Anderson to, to pick that guy up.
2: <laughs> and the other, I, I thought you were gonna say that we have to decide who after week one we're gonna we're gonna drop for Logan Thomas. That was the debate.
3: Disley almost made it because then it would have been a
0: Logan Thomas Disley debate. It was a lot of fun and I love this team. I you know when when people talk about well why wouldn't you want to do Zero so running back twenty, and I think you look at those top five picks and and look at the way the wide receivers are, and the fact that you know even a, a zero running back team may not take enough wide receivers if you can execute what we did here. I mean, Jarvis Landry, again, you know, we're even debating that we would be debating someone the quality of Jarvis Landry in round seven and and asking the question, does he have enough upside? I mean, Landry is someone that I have felt like has always been a very clear cut third, fourth round dynasty wide receiver and had another good season last year. And so I mean, we're, we're just so well set up. Now, as soon as the season starts, people will get hurt. You know, we'll have some different kinds of issues. If, if we lose Alvin Kamara, then, you know, can we get through? Ben and I had to deal with that last year you know, with David Johnson. But, you know, even if we lost Kamara, I don't think that we would necessarily be out of it. The team that I had that won the whole thing actually had the second, third round picks uh, were Julio Jones and, and Rob Gronkowski. And Julio went out in like week five, and Gronkowski went out without scoring many points in the first week of that three-week playoff run. And that team was able to get through. I like what we've done here because I think that this team could get through even a serious hurdle on, on the way to where we want to go.
2: Well, 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 if you've made it all the way through, a round of applause to you. Hopefully, you've enjoyed listening in. It is a monster, monster show. Hit me with a tweet if you've made it all the way to the end of this entire uh, drafting experience. If you've listened to it once, let me know. If you've listened to the whole series and then listened again, let me know because it is much, much appreciated. Hopefully, you have enjoyed listening along. As always, you can get yourself that 10% discount to of NFL Pass. Promo code once again is 2020 RV Radio. You can get that up on rotaviz.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I was joined by Ben gretch of CBS, who you can follow at gretch I was also joined by Sean Siegel, who you can find co-hosting the podcast with me twice a week, every week, as we bring you Rotoviz overtime. Thank you as always for listening in. Drop us a review on your favorite podcast app, help us grow the podcast here. Share it on social media let people know that you like to listen in and that it's good to listen (laughs) you know it's enjoyable there's good actionable content and it's a lot of fun we love producing these shows for you so until we're back with the regular rotation next week that will be tuesday and thursday rather than uh, the full five shows in this mega 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 long pod here it's as simple as this thank you for listening in we really appreciate it and until we're back again have a good one NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including the NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember the casino never closes. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BlueWire to receive your welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag, promo code BlueWire. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.